What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Never Been Done Podcast. Your weekly podcast of film, nostalgia, amazing craziness. And CBS shakes his head at me because he doesn't like when I say that. That's true. It's because, like, it is weekly, though. We do, we've hit weekly for a long, 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 long time. So it's weekly. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But all the it's others- mostly weekly. It's mostly weekly. Most, mostly, mostly weekly. there you go. Mostly, yeah. mostly weekly. Mostly. It's mostly weekly, and we're the mostly. next best thing to Joe Rogan. That's what we'd say. That's what <laughs> we say about our podcast. That's our slogan. That's our slogan. I mean, it's mostly weekly, and we're we're the next best thing to Joe Rogan. And it's never been done, apparently. The Never Been Done podcast. <laughs> I think there's a lot of skate. I I, I was seeing earlier because like Tyler wants to do a skate podcast, but like that like that probably should have been a skate podcast. Yeah. But we stole it away. But at this point, we're like, this is eight. This is episode eighty, right, or seventy nine? I think it's seventy nine. Yeah, we should probably change the name. Yeah, let's just let's just just start, start over. Start, start over. over. Start over. Again. Reset. Start a uh, porno podcast. <laughs> podcast deep throat. Uh, uh, call it Boogie Nights. <laughs> I feel like I thought of a name that would be really good. For like a porno <laughs> review podcast, but I can't remember what it is. Oh man, maybe it'll come to me. Two girls, one pod. Nah, it's already a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I that was pretty funny. There's two of them, and they pretty funny. Well, the Nine Club, the the yeah. skate podcast I love. They have a a spinoff podcast called Two Dudes One Game, where they just like play a new game and. I, I kind of just want somebody like like a really like really fancy um, rich skateboard person to be like, hey, we'll buy your guys's podcast from you just to have your name. That's kind of what I'm hoping. That's what I'm it hoping. might. It At might. this point, I'm just betting. On, that's it what might happen. And then we like, just cool. start over. We'll change our name to something else. Like we'll change it for two hundred thousand dollars. I'd do it for like twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, I guess it'd be good money. Can you edit that out? Can you edit that out? Let's go backwards. It was like, we'll do it for $200,000. We'll do it for $1 million. $1 million. We got to edit that out because then they like, I think you guys said 25 one time, so like, I know they'll go that low. No skateboarder has that much money anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's kind of like that joke you do with your friends. Like, would you put somebody's dick in your mouth for a $1 million? Like, yeah, but like, but if you did it for a million, you do it for 500000 like, yeah. Then like, you can get him down to like 35 bucks. I don't know about that low. That that's the joke. You just keep going lower and lower. Like you just keep cutting in half. <laughs> I mean, I think the more you think about before it, we the, get, the more attainable it actually is. Before we get except too, for CBS, but do we get too ridiculous and belligerent? You should introduce our guest tonight, Tyler. Yeah, it's a, yeah. So I, I actually feel fantastic about it. Special and, guest tonight, my father, Rob Huff, in the house. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> and, actually, and thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Am I the first father to join in? Yeah. On this particular adventure? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, you, be, I, so. Hey, I mean, father of someone here, or I mean, father in general. Father in general, I guess uh, no, but father of a person here, yes. Yeah, my dad will yeah. never, father of my dad will never be on the someone podcast. Someone on the podcast, yes. Yes, father of someone on the podcast. Yes. yes. So yes. that, that's an, that, that's kind of, that feels good to me. Feels uh, cool. I love my dad, but like, he does not like the F word, so. Like, it's like a big deal if I say it. Oh, I see. So, like, with me, that's not so much of a problem. Thank you. Is it? <laughs> nah, we've been dropping F bombs together since I was like 12. <laughs> ten, ten. Ten, maybe, maybe yeah. Think, yeah, maybe ten. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> when did I have my first beer? 
Around the same time. Okay. It may have been the same day, for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> you had your first fucking beer, you know. <laughs> Hopefully it was just like a Coors Light. Did you start him off? It was like, a Bud Light. Bud Light? Mm-hmm. You didn't start him off like Didn't I drink a tequila worm as a kid? Yes. How old was I then? I don't quite remember that one, dude, but you, you did. I couldn't have been more than 13. You were right around in there, yeah. Mm. Early teens. He's told the strip club story multiple times on this podcast. <laughs> That's we, true. And we love it. We think it's fantastic. He's, and he just, he's like, yeah, I was at a strip club. I got to DJ all day. I got to pick all the music. So was, how's the strip club? Like, I just got to pick the music all day. Like, he didn't care about anything else, just the music part. That's true. Yeah. I had never seen so many CDs in my life, you know, at that age. No. Uh, yeah, that's putting it mildly. When I saw his face, when he saw the room where the CDs were, it was like, it was all over. <laughs> yeah. He probably <laughs> wouldn't see any more boobies after that because what he saw were CDs that he could spin. It's awesome. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I was in Vegas with my, like, my first, like, real vacation as a child. <clears throat> We went to Disneyland. We drove there. It was like me and my two sisters and my mom and dad and then my uncle Tim, who's only a couple of years older than me. It's my, my mom's like little, little, little brother. So he's only a couple of years older than me. And like my dad took Tim and me on the walk on the strip and that the strip was still like, it hadn't hit that super crazy, like, um, vacation, like kind of family of seediness, the family safeness yet. Oh, so you mean it was still fun. It was, well, so it was still super dirty, and I was like, like, he's like, my mom was still in the hotel room, and it was like, it was bad, and like, you know, but we were driving to California from, so it was like, you know, yeah. long drive, and I was like, we were sitting there watching the volcano with the Mirage, and I was looking down, and I was looking down, because like, oh man, there's boobies, there's boobies, there's boobies, I was looking down, my dad just like, gives me a slap in the arm, he goes, we're better than that, and I was like, we are better than that. I was like nine. I don't know. That's all I remember. So it's just like, you know, that's my dad. So I was just like, we're better than that. I was like, dang it. But why? I like boobies so much, but why? So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that relates. It does a little bit. <laughs> Back. I was the opposite. I was like, I was the opposite of Tyler. So role models and he's like, look at all this music. I was like, look at all those boobs. You're Wheeler's kid and you're Paul Rudd's kid. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sure, exactly. There you go. So tonight we're doing Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, legend. Pretty, I awesome, would say, pretty awesome filmmaker. But boy, from, wonder from this point up, from this point on, because it's like a three name thing. This is PTA, right? Cool. PTA, PTA, PTA Anderson, PTA, whatever. PTA. Cool. I call him PTA PT. sometimes. I yeah. call him PT sometimes. When we hang out, I'm like, yo, PTA. He's like, yo, what up? Sure. <laughs> PTA. I was like, don't throw me out of the car. He's like, don't bet on anything. He's like, okay. Sounds right. So we'll get to it. So <laughs> anyway, how's it going, CBS? You doing okay, man? Sure. Oh, come on, man. That's as far as it gets, man. The temp's going down this week. It's not 100 anymore. It's like 95. Is that true? Yeah. I spend most of my time inside. It's like 97 at a point today. See, it's still bad. No, it's going down. By the end of the week, we're supposed to be like 93. That's like that's a solid 10 degree difference. I'm excited to be going camping tomorrow because it's going to be like fucking 50 or 60 out there. Out there. Oh. 
you know? So That's a nice change of pace. And I'm still, like, not going to wear a hoodie or anything. I'm just going to fucking Watch out for soak Sas- in all the coldness. Watch out for Sasquatch. Yeah. All right. I don't think I'll see Sasquatch because I don't have any well, shrooms, but... You know, the, you know the missing 411? Like, people go missing in, the, in like... National forests and stuff. Nick looks like a little kid, so like, be, watch out for Nick. Oh. If Nick goes missing, Sasquatch stole him. <laughs> I don't think Sasquatch likes people with tattoos, though. He looks like a little kid. I, I think, think he likes pure, pure souls. I don't know, man. I don't know that. that I guess that's arguable. The I mean, missing four eleven. How would you know? Yeah, what he likes. Yeah. You're not a. You're not a Sasquatch. You know what? You don't know why they go missing. I mean, you're just saying what you think. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. I guess it wouldn't be the end of the world if Sasquatch got nicked. Like, oh, look at this little kid. <laughs> it's like you just see Sasquatch like holding up in a tree like a baby, like ah, oh, like rubbing his leg, and Nick's just like, oh. no, Nick would probably be laughing. Ah, he'd be scared. I feel like there's a good short film in here somewhere. Harry and the Hendersons just like rubbing his fucking head. Just like, oh, I'm okay. thinking, I'm thinking Chewbacca fits in there somewhere. Too. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Big and fuzzy moving through the shadows. Yeah. Chewbacca and the Hendersons. <laughs> That's a good one. Mate. Disney Plus needs to get on that. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> ready for the news? Yeah, I got what's, some. Go- I got some good ones. What's in the news? What's in the news? So John Wick four and five are to shoot back to back in 2021. So they're going to like film both basically concurrently, and they will be. So there are going to be two of them. So he doesn't die in the fourth one. So uh, spoiler alert. So. Unless yeah, the, the fourth one's all flashbacks. They should just make fucking six of them and get it over with. I think they're just going to keep Four, making them. Four, five, and six back to back. They just keep making them because they keep selling, so F it, right? Well, I mean, at some point, if they can rival the Fast and the Furious. It's yeah. pretty good shit. I mean, have you watched any of them, Dad? Not really. Not enough to comment. They, yeah, ki- they kill his dog, and he goes and kills all of them because of it. So it's like, don't kill his dog, you know? Leave his dog Don't alone. kill anyone's dog. Well, yeah. I think is the moral of the story. Right. But when, a, when you know, a dog or a kid if you're dies gonna in a movie, it, then you're in trouble. If you're gonna do it, make sure it's not they're not a fucking assassin. Yeah, because then you're you're really <laughs> fucked. <laughs> True story. Yeah. Um, this goes out to Tyler. So, Tenet or Tenet, Tenet, um, will get a September release in China. Bum bum bum. It's like I'm going to China, boys. Or you're going to be able to steal it from China. But they're internet. It's opening in Europe, too, isn't it? It said everywhere. Apparently, some China's, at some point, but China, probably before China we get in it. September for China's sure. doing it the first? Yeah. Good. Good for them. But speaking of Europe and being angry about releases, Mulan is going to be released on Disney+. Plus yes. And a bunch of theaters in Europe took all their um, Mulan merchandise that they got to promote their promotional items and put them on the street and set them on fire and <laughs> smash them baseball bats. Wow. Several theaters in France and a couple other places. So there Ugh. is that. So they're like, F you, Disney. We had this to be a big deal. Disney deserves no less, if you ask me. But does that- and you know they're also going to charge, how much they're going to charge that oh, movie yeah. on Disney Plus? $30. 30 bucks. Right. 
But it's not, you don't 30 bucks no matter what membership you have? Yes. Yep. Correct. Even at, if you're Disney Plus, you also have to pay them $30. $30 dollars to watch Mulan. Yep. Well, I mean, someone will rip that in a day and I'll have it. So why would I pay that? <laughs> That's a good point. I will share That's it with the point. world. Thank Fuck you. Disney. <laughs> yeah, the crazy thing is you pay the 30 bucks to digitally buy it, but you don't actually own it. So once your Disney Plus account expires or closes or you then you can't access it exactly Exactly. you can't download it yeah i'm assuming even even if you could it'd be some bullshit like itunes file where you can't use it in other programs probably which is why i fucking hate buying videos from itunes there you go but i will pirate it so worry not my friends (laughs) we will all have access to it without spending any money Excellent. But speaking of ridiculous and hilarious things, like that, because Tyler just said ridiculous and hilarious things, um, Ryan Reynolds re-edited the Green Lantern trailer, and he made Tom Cruise Green Lantern, and he also made it fit in to fit in with the Justice League movie. How the fuck did he do that? It's hilarious. Have you not seen it? Did he, like, superimpose yeah. Tom Cruise on it's his body? fucking hilarious. All right. 30 seconds. Do we need, is this needs to be one of those things where we pause it and make everybody watch I it? I mean, we can. All right, here we ready. So basically, Green Lantern's in the the Justice League. Yeah, <laughs> he's not, but uh, it's, it's pretty fun. Pretty good, right? I mean, <laughs> Tom Cruise didn't look bad. <laughs> oh fucking Ryan Reynolds just made that thing look amazing. <laughs> it's like so bad. He must be bored. It's like Topher Grace doing like things that are awesome, but like just like making fun of it because that's what Ryan Reynolds does. Just make fun of everything. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I guess I, I'm, I guess Green Lantern is supposed to be, play a ma- way bigger part in the Snyder Cut, so he's just kind of making fun of it. But then like The Rock posted a bunch of like tweets because like he's like I'm supposed to be like right now I was like I'm gonna be Hawkman in the new Black Adam movie. And like, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson was just like, "You are gonna be Rock because I told you so." He's like, "Yeah, whatever the Rock says, I just do because he's like, he's he's my daddy." He's like, "Yeah, you're gonna be the Rock. You're gonna be Hawkman because I said so." And also, you're Kevin Hart's daddy. And just like it's it's like this Twitter like back and forth thing. It's pretty funny. It's out of control. Like it would be pretty hilarious. Ryan Reynolds and the Rock like to like banter. Sound, like it was great in fucking. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, yeah. It was like the best part of that movie. Well, I'm pretty sure he's the bad guy in the next one. Hopefully. But, yeah, it's... It was good. It was good. It was fine. Then same, like, con- calling Ryan Reynolds, like, Kevin Hart's dad. This makes me laugh <laughs> even more. And saying you're going to be Hawkman in the next... In the Black Adam movie. I mean, look-wise, he... he I mean, he's a little too sarcastic for the character, but Hawkman's a little bigger than Reynolds is, but... I mean, as a thing, okay. I don't see any reason not to. I mean, we're not going back to that Green Lantern franchise anytime soon. If there is Green Lantern stuff in the, the, the Zack Snyder cut, supposedly, it's stuff that was added in shoehorned at the end, and it won't be Ryan Reynolds. You don't know anything. You didn't watch the Snyder cut. I'm going to say that if Green Lantern was in it, there'd be flavors of that in the trailers. They wouldn't cut a whole character out like that. That's not true, because Dark says not in the trailers. You know, Dark Souls also the bag of like Thanos, cutting Thanos out of the Avengers movies, the first two appearances. I'm just saying easy. this. I'm just, I'm just saying this. As far as you go and you having assumptions about the Snyder Cut, you don't know. Like, supposedly it's a 60% different film. 60% different. Well, it was 75% done whenever, uh, Whedon took over, or Whedon, Whedon. But supposedly it's 60%. Joss. I'm just saying. 
I'm not arguing with that point. I'm just saying the Green Lantern is something that is actually in there. I'll be surprised. I mean, he's, they have that Green Lantern element in the beginning, whenever they show the flashback of the, the war. So it's not impossible. It just seems unlikely. Yeah. DC's done a bunch of unlikely things, like... I mean, most of it bad, but that's ma- true. Exactly. So maybe you just don't question it. I mean, I'm saying the dude's had the last seven years to add whatever he wants to the pot. That's seven years of planning. That If the movie is bad still... Then oh, it's going to be for he's sure a complete failure. Like we have the biggest um, DC fan on the couch right now, and he's just he's just playing our Jamie tonight. But like, you're lucky I'm not on the mic. That's exactly. That's what I really like. Lucky. That's what I like to hear. Really so. I would say it's not. I, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be a failure. But I I would say with the seven years of planning extra and the money they gave him to do other things with it, this thing should be a masterpiece. It won't be, but it's fine. Um, so it speaking of masterpieces. Fine. Um, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are involved in a new <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Oh my god, that's oh. live action or animated? That's all I got. Okay. Who kn- who knows? I mean, he didn't get Green Hornet. Man, I just found a copy of that in American Pickle movie. I thought it was going to be a TV show, but it's a movie. Yeah, yeah it's a movie. Mm-hmm. It's got just super, found it. It's got but, super mixed reviews, but it seems funny. The commercials are funny. And he, like, gets Pickle. pickled and stays alive for however many years. I mean, that's a hundred years. Pretty something. good premise. Right? Uh, I don't know. Seth Rogen gets two paychecks, and that's good for him. Yeah. Why would he get two? Because he's playing two different parts. No, he's playing the same self. He, got, he gets pickled. He gets pickled, but his grandson or great-grandson or whatever is also played by him. Yeah. He's playing two parts in the movie. He's the man that gets pickled and, I guess, left. Probably because he closed down the factory when it happened or something. I don't know. Yeah. And then he plays his younger great-great-grandson or whatever. So, yeah, dual parts. I guess we'll see if it looks better than, uh, what was that movie with John Cullen Van Damme when he had a twin? Double, Double impact. impact. There you go. I guess we'll see how it looks as good as Double Impact did. One of these times we need to do an episode on, like, we talked about this last week and the week before, mm-hmm. of, like, films that were named, like, they sound like a porn, but they're not. And Double Impact, is, I think, is number one. <laughs> I don't know if it's number one, but it's up there. <laughs> well, give me one that's better. Deep Impact? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a good Touché. one. I remember you saying that, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can make a list. We could do a whole episode about that, too. I know, that's a good yeah. one. We should do that. Is that right? Is there any more news? Is that all the news? Well, we got something from the couch. It only makes sense to the people in the room. It'll be all CGI. What is it? It'll be a reboot CGI film. What are we talking about? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Ah, there you go. I need to chime in instead of handing you things. He's just chiming in. Okay. I could see Seth Rogen. Wait, why am I Jamie? No, so you're Joe Rogan as Jamie, and he's brilliant. My bad, I'm sorry. Yeah, you got it. Yo, T. Brown, look this up. T. Brown's got it. Yeah, no, total, total CGI from beginning to end, just like 2007's TMNT. Ah, oh, yeah. We went and saw that. You and me did. Is that the one with uh, Stephen Miller? The animated one where, like... I remember that one. Leonardo goes into, like, goes into hiding and gets, like... Animated. It was, it was the anime. It was a, I didn't like that one a, that much. It was a direct continuation to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, but it was animated. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I went and saw it with you, actually. Seth with Rogen has to be a voice, right? I would assume. He's got to be. But the writing thing with him and Evan Goldberg, I think. I would say, yeah, if he's just doing things behind the scene, that might make a lot more sense. His voice is pretty easy, easily recognized, and you cast him as a turtle, and it's going to be like, well, that, that's the turtle that's Seth Rogen. Meh. I can't believe anything that guy says. Did you figure out that Gavin Rosdale is a Ninja Turtle? Uh, maybe. Did you see that? Mm-mm. We talked about Gavin Rosdale a lot that last episode, and then... And who's Gavin Rosdale? The singer of Bush. Oh, yeah, he's not a turtle. No, he, I think he is, actually. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think he is. No. Um, he and then, be Donatella. But then, he was on, like, a podcast, because they had a new... Is that the Everything's In band, Bush? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember liking that tune back in your day. Back when I was 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler said that was the first album that, like... That he liked, that was his thing, and you're like, this is good. He brought that up this week. Yeah. Yeah. That or, well, uh, I said it, it might have been that or the Weezer Blue album. Right. But those are like... Or the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, I forgot about uh, Siamese Dream. Siamese Dream. Mm. I have a vivid memory of that on the, uh, on the porch in South Carolina. I remember I cried three times when no one would buy me that CD at the mall. Like like three different trips to the mall, and none of my sisters or family members would buy me that CD. Ten years old, buy me the CD. Should mowed some lawns for it, man. Who bought it for you? Me. I think eventually you started giving me allowance, so I'd stop crying. So yeah, right. And <laughs> exactly. And then it I just gave Very it. Effective. I just gave it yeah. back to you. Because you would make weekly trips to, so we had this awesome CD store called Sounds Familiar, where we were from, you know, and you would make weekly trips there, so I'd give you all my allowance money back and be like, give me these three. That's right. (laughs) Believe it or not, Tyler was making lists even back then. Oh, yeah. Man. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. I spent all my allowance on compact discs, which was new back then. New-ish. Nice. Yeah, I would go with the list and also alternatives. Yeah. You know. We have like, to be here's prepared. 38 choices in case you can't in find the other 35. Find exactly. Oh, it man. was that sort of a list, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that side of Tyler, likely, but uh, it's there. Things are different now. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. My son, the list maker. Yeah, I guess I don't do that as much anymore, but I just remember more things now. Yeah, do but you? you're always sorting. Mentally, yes. Yes, you're always sorting. I think I have to make so many lists for the job I have now that I stop making lists for like oh, other, other things. Stuff. <laughs> I'm like, okay, lists are fucking so fun now. Lists are not cool anymore. <laughs> I make lists all day for different people. I'm not making my own. What I need to know, I'll try to just. Remember. Makes sense. Mental note. Sure. Paul Thomas Anderson. How about PTA? PTA. He was born in L.A. in June 26, 1970. In the San Fernando Valley. Most of his films take place in the San Fernando Valley. This is true. Um, His dad, Ernie Anderson, was an actor and a voice, the voice of ABC early on, and... Um, he had a TV show um, in Cleveland. It was called Late Night Horror Movie Host, known as Goulardi. 
Goulardi, I think, yeah. Which, which is the current name of uh, his production company? Yes. Yeah. Oh, crazy. So he so his, so he did one of those, like, Svengoolie, but Goulardi. Yeah, crazy. he hosted big huh. movies on a Cleveland. Was it Cleveland? It's Cleveland, yeah. <laughs> I'll be damned. One of those guys. That's yeah. that's his dad. Huh. So he's been making films for so long. His first film that he ever made is eight years old. He never planned plans to do anything else with his life. Um, his senior year of high school, he made his first film with. He he messed around with like eight millimeter and this and that and that thirty five millimeter, all different sorts of things. But his first actual 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 film that make matters, um, nineteen eighty eight. Uh, he called it Dirk Diggler. This the Dirk Diggler story. And this is inspired by John Hughes, which obviously goes on to be Boogie Nights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he dated Fiona Apple from 1997 to 2002, and the two often used coke and ecstasy on a regular basis. It's weird that's in a bio. Okay. Well, they both said it multiple times. It was like their thing. Um, she described him as having a major, major temper, and that he left her fearful and numb after they, they broke up. Um, he once supposedly threw her out of a moving car. Uh-huh. Since 2001, though, he's been um, in a long-term relationship with Maya Rudolph. They have three daughters and one son. Do you think their thing is Coke also? I don't know. I think, I mean, SNL is a... Pretty- maybe they have, maybe they're like more hallucinogenics. I mean, I would, yeah. That would work for me, of course. <laughs> he's been up. He's been up. For, he's been up for multiple awards, but he's never won an Academy Award. Um, right. Boogie Nights, Magnolia were both up for best screenplay. Um, there will be Blood for best picture, mm-hmm. best director, and adapted screenplay. Um, Inherent Vice for best adapted screenplay, and Phantom Thread for best picture and best director. So that I think he'll get his eventually. I mean, he's been, but hey, he takes you know like. What eight movies in a twenty-five year career? Yeah, you know he's he's not doing a movie every he's every about couple a, years, about every three years or sometimes yeah longer um, between Punch Drunk Love and and there will be there blood. Will be that was like six years or something, right? Five and a five, half to six years, yeah. something like that. So yeah, I think like I think how can you? Growing up with what his dad did, I'm like, I'm kind of curious, like, for him to make a horror movie, not not just like a typical B horror movie, but like something, The Shining ish, you know. That is one of his favorite um, Kubrick movies. Yeah, I saw where he had three or four favorites. The Shining was one of them of Kubrick's movies. Makes sense. He got yeah. to meet Kubrick. Yeah. Did you guys see that? Taking yes. notes. I'm taking Tom notes. Tom Cruise got him on the yeah. the eyes wide shut All set right. and he got to meet Kubrick. Oh, that's cool. Think, now it's before Magnolia. I think Tom Cruise killed Kubrick. I mean, it's well, not a, hang on, it's what? not a ridiculous question, I guess. I don't know. It's, I don't think it is at all. I think it's like I mean Tom Cruise is a crazy Scientologist, and just like, maybe Kubrick's like, this is too fucked up even for me, and Tom Cruise's like, he's old, just make him slip and fall or something. I don't know, man. I just, well, he, you know, he did die in the middle of making that film. I thought he died 
making AI? No. no. Did he only write? Yeah, he died. AI. He didn't he start died making, making AI. Oswald shut, and, shut, and Spielberg had to step in and help finish it. But I think like Tom Cruise was just like it made Tom Cruise look such a weakling, and maybe Tom Cruise was just like, ah, I'm not weak. What are you, t- what are you doing? Like he was like pushing down some stairs or something. I have a feeling if that was the case, it would more likely be the organization that took him out rather than Tom. I don't know, man. Mm. You can say whatever you want. I don't, I don't trust Tom Cruise anywhere. Far I can throw that <laughs> fucking troll. Did you see him with the Green Lantern mask? Maybe that's, awesome. maybe that's how he earned cool. his stripes to be at the top of Scientology. He's like, here's the like, deal. You kill Kubrick, and you're our number one. He's you're like, our grandmaster. He's like, here's the deal. You're not running in this film. I'm sorry, man. You're not running in this film. He's like, does he not I, run in that I film? don't get to fucking run in this film. He's like, you don't get to run in this fucking film. He's like, huh. He's like, you fucking little troll, you're not running this film. And Tom Cruise like, I will fucking kill you. He's like, oh, yeah. And then he's like, there was a fight to the death, I'm sure. It was just kind of like Palpatine versus... Uh, Poor Kubrick. So, you know, Dad, there is a 17 or 18 minute long video on YouTube of Tom Cruise running in just, almost all of his movies. Just it's just like running. Of like, him running. Yeah. Just the scenes of him running split together. All the Mission Impossibles. It's and pretty all crazy, the, yeah. It's like... 20 movies <laughs> of him running. Uh, maybe we can, if we end early tonight, I can get home and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> we can probably just put it on while you we're know, talking. Yeah, just, or that's another way we could go. Yo, T Brown, put on uh, Tom Cruise running. Got it. <laughs> uh, Cooper died six days after he showed his final cut to Warner Brothers. So, so he finished it up to the point of. And then uh, afterwards, so six then Spielberg, days. Spielberg helped. Seem more likely that. Vatican assassins. <laughs> that, it's, pretty, it's pretty big honor that they let that, that Spielberg to take that over. Like, yeah. like Kubrick's final film, mm-hmm. kind of shows how awesome Spielberg is. Can AI too though? Didn't wasn't Kubrick involved in that? I don't know. I don't know. Like, AI maybe, was definitely maybe Spielberg, on the writer part but, of it, but yeah, I don't, I don't know enough to know that part. I swear, I swear, I read about that. One moment, please. One more. <laughs> I love that movie, but I'm not sure Kubrick's. That'd be interesting to know, I guess. Yeah. I don't know that about it. Well, I know Spielberg made it, but that doesn't necessarily mean you tell anything to do with the writing. So. Smoked a cigar with T. Brown before we started. I, you know, like, I think that besides women, cigars are kind of like, I like him a lot. <laughs> I can give up booze, and I can give up sugar, and I can give up... I've never done any other drug besides alcohol and women. But like cigars, man, I kind of like them. I was into it. Okay. They have their moments. I just enjoyed it, man. It's insane. You're the worst Jamie of all time. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> Brian, no, no. So it's uh, stories by uh, Brian Aldis and Ian Watson of the screenplay. Uh, Steven Spielberg directed one more credit. Hold, please. Hold, please. So as of right now, I don't know, but I thought Kubrick was no, involved Steven at some Spielberg's point. Sorry, with no. That other than maybe being wanted to have his brain put into an AI, which would make sense. Now that wasn't would be part cool of to have Stanley Kubrick's brain in an AI. That could be a movie. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen that movie, Color Me Kubrick? No. Where John Malkovich plays this guy in London that is acting like he's Stanley Kubrick to get into clubs and shit? No. 
So it's just like him partying the first two thirds of the movie and then like it comes back to haunt him and it's, yeah, it gets kind of fucked up, but interesting movie. Huh. Based on a true story. Oh, there's a real guy that, there's a real guy that looked kind of like Kubrick that would, was just using that (laughs) to get into nightclubs. I did not know that. And score drugs and women and all this shit and, Oh, yeah. Um, the production company that put out AI was almost Stanley Kubrick. That's the only thing. Maybe, Stanley, yeah, Stanley, maybe, Stanley, I don't Stanley know. Kubrick production. Just hit it. I thought, I thought at one point he was like going to direct it. Development before AI originally but, began with producer director Stanley Kubrick after he acquired the rights to Aldous story in early 1970s. Kubrick hired series writers mm-hmm. until the mid 90s, including Brian Aldous. Blah blah blah. Well, come I on, knew, I knew I read something about that there it is. at some point. There it is. You pulled it out. <laughs> he, he was he was attached and basically chose to do. Yeah. Yeah. Eyes wide shut beforehand. I'm just I'm just saying. I found it quickly. I, Your googling skills are weak, my friend. I'm so sorry. If you were a Jedi, you'd be on the bottom. Well, I'd be Kid Fisto and I'd be dead as fuck. Exactly. But you'd have sweet dreads. I would have sweet dreads. Sir. Hells yeah. Your lightsaber would be pink. Green. Green. But pink. Yeah. Green. Green is strong. Green. <laughs> this is kind of a cool piece of information about PTA. He's the only director to win a Best Director prize at each of the big European film festivals. He won at Cannes, Con, however you say that. Can, Con, Can, yeah. Can for Punch Drunk Love, at Berlin for There Will Be Blood, and at Venice for The Master. Oh, that's cool. No one else, no one, no American oh. director has done that. Nice. They appreciate his kind of filmmaking skills. Well, like the tones, the tones of his movies kind of have a European tone to them, like the color sets. Yeah, yeah. The, dark, the, dark, yeah. the dark gritty. Yeah, well, just the way, even with Punch Drunk Love, which is like a modern, completely modern type piece, but the, the tone to the color is like got a weird gray tan tone to it. Yeah, like it was PAL and not NTSC or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, like what the Snyder uses Crush all the time, and like, I bet you he's got one that's got a name to it too, but I could see that because it has like a European like tone to it. He's worked with that same cinematographer. Now, um, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Then, uh, Robert cinematographer, Ellswick, yeah. I think, has had quite an influence on the lighting and the tone. That might be what it is. Then, if he uses use the same guy a lot, then yeah, yeah, crazy. That's cool though. Yeah, award winning. Actually, and the master. I know we're kind of jumping around, but the master visually was just an, an amazing thing to look at. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're all. Just the visual look of it was just absolutely astounding to me. Yeah. I think they all kind of have some, some really good cinematography going on. Even Heart 8, even that far back. But speaking of Heart 8, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't realize that it's been a long time since, but that... When the Paltrow was in this film, like it's yeah. kind of star-studded. I didn't realize it. Well, it's a ways back. Some of them weren't totally star-stars yet. I mean, I, it doesn't surprise me Sam Jackson's in it, because Sam Jackson's in everything. Right. He basically plays this almost the same person he was in Jackie Brown. Right. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> but this movie's way better than Jackie Brown. Which is also PTA's favorite 
movie. Jackie of, Brown? Of the Tarantino. Oh, is it? Is wow. Brown. Huh. I read that in one of my research things today. I didn't, I didn't know, know that. That bothers me on so many levels because that's like Tarantino's worst film, in my opinion. I don't mind it. I like it. How? I don't mind any of Tarantino's films, but just, <laughs> it's, of all Tarantino's films, my, it's my least favorite. Mm. I th- and I think it's his most favorite, so. You and PTA see things differently. We do very much so, because like, mm-hmm. I think Fiona Apple's fantastic. He throws her out of cars. He likes Jackie Brown. I, I don't. See, I envision PTA being, aside from the fucked up face, like Tom Cruise and Vanilla Sky, and then Fiona Apple being like Cameron Diaz. Like, yeah, you <laughs> throw that bitch out of a fucking car. No. Yeah. I, I picture her <laughs> just being beautiful and wonderful and writing, like, sweet, sweet ballads with her amazing... Siren voice and just being un- un- incredible and him just being like, get out of my fucking house in my car and just chucking her out because she weighs eight pounds, you know, because mm. all she eats is she like, probably did more all- drugs than he did, though. She eats his ecstasy in clouds. She probably did all the coke <laughs> and he probably actually still went and ate dinner every once in a while. Possibly. But guys, don't you think that it's possible that Amy Mann coming into his life had something to do with he and Fiona having trouble? I, I hope so. Probably. But Amy Mann came into his life, and that's not for nothing. Yeah, good music. Yeah. She had a few songs in Heart 8, and actually, I was telling you this the other day. I'm like, they never mention Christmas in Heart 8, but several times throughout the movie, you can hear Christmas music playing in the background, like in the diner, and like I think even in the casino. That was this morning, wasn't it? And... Was, was it? it? Was yeah. it last night? Maybe yesterday. I did. I oh, we should have watched it last night, CBS, because like I tried to watch the um, the seamstress, the Phantom Thread. Phantom, Phantom Thread. Thread. Yeah, couldn't do it. But sorry, that movie gets better. Does it just it? it builds up. It builds and builds and builds. Mm-hmm. Like C- CBS has not small tolerance for fun, but um, I have small tolerance for boring. Boring, I have a small tolerance for. And when it's too boring, you're the one to turn it off. I would have suffered a little longer. Because you were just like, doesn't matter. You had nothing to do with it. He doesn't realize it. Like he doesn't realize it when when we're watching something. He doesn't like. He goes. Actually, start doing this weird. Like it's like when I don't feed my pets on time, and they go. That's not true. He's like, I watch so many terrible things with you. That you choose. Weird science isn't Uh, terrible. Weird science is good. Exactly, it's awesome. I'm talking almost everything else. <laughs> Most everything I love. TV series is wise. Yeah, it's rough. Oh, it's it's rough. one thing that he doesn't like. Ray Donovan. That's the only thing he can Ray say. Donovan? That's Ray the only Donovan. thing. God. Great show. Great show. <sighs> exactly. Great show. Well, I'm, T. Brown Brown. Too slow for you, huh? Shriver is amazing. I have to You're tell you, whatever episodes I saw. Dave Shriver's a man's man, and everybody deserves like, to he's tell great, him. He's so great as Cotton Weary. Ross Ray. Yeah, but anyway. Um, oh, one of the Christmas songs in Heart 8 is an Amy Mann song, how which it, I don't have, so add that to the Christmas but playlist. But how did we miss yeah. the fact that that's basically a Christmas film? You know what I mean? Because they like, never talk about it. They never, it's I know. never mentioned. They never talk about it. You don't really see Christmas lights anywhere. Mm, right. It's just there's well, several times in the film when... But also it seems like they're bundled up mm-hmm, in some right. points I mean, when it, they're even in Vegas. I mean, it totally is a Christmas so like, film, but... It's a winter... Yeah, they just never talk about it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you're totally right. Like, it's. I think that like maybe this year since we've done Christmas m- movies so many times, like movies that like 
don't get considered Christmas films, but are. We should do that, like maybe do that this year during Christmas time, because there's there's a few that we've sure. we've had this conversation a few times, but this one's a hundred percent deserves to be <laughs> reviewed as one. <well>, sure. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Long duck dong. So Wonderful uh, stuff. <laughs> Moore is amazing in Boogie Nights. Oh yeah, and Magnolia. She just kills it. She, she murders kills it. Wait, I mean, she like she was like the she was the all star. She was the prom queen in episode sixty nine. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I that's would, debatable, but yeah, I'd probably leave my wife for her. Oh God, you got to edit that out. <laughs> She's not going to listen to this, man. Yeah. If she was going to listen to this, she would have turned it off already because we said the F word too many times. She wouldn't exactly. listen to this. She yeah. wouldn't listen to this if I gave her $500. She wouldn't listen to a whole episode, I feel like. <laughs> I think partway through it. So she, we're good. We're, the oh. point is we're, we're good. I'm in the, I'm in the clear. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> but if she doesn't I say shit all the time, Tori never knows. Gotcha. Look at those sweet strawberry gumdrops. God damn, beautiful. Like, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, she's uh she she's she's quite a siren. looker. She's a siren. I say it as often. I'd push my own mom down <laughs> for a high five from her. Damn. Just a high five? Yeah. Yeah. An Eiffel Tower high five. Mm, what? No. That's what Jamie did. That's the devil's threesome. We're nowhere into that. I'm not saying with me. Someone else. <laughs> no, with nobody. Ran- rando. Man. A blow-up male doll. No, with nobody. The devil's threesome is a no-way threesome. Sorry, A blow-up male doll? No, dude, I'm out. Uh, I'm out. I don't want anything swinging around me. I'm not into it. It's just plastic. It's not a real dick. Is that dead air? It's a fake dick. What's the matter, man? I'm good. A fake, a fake Dirk Diggler. You know, this is slightly (laughs) off topic. It's like you're still trying. This is slightly off topic, but there's this band I like called Starfucker. Slightly off topic of what? Let's go back. It's on topic of what we're talking about right now. It has nothing to do with Paul Thomas Anderson. Well, what's what's Starfucker, a band I really like, right? Which you know they it's very synth, very heavy synth, very drony indie nonsense, heavy synth, very futuristic sounding music. I mean, kind of, but (laughs) I went to one of their shows and they had like blow up dolls with dicks. They were throwing around the. Like in the crowd, like a beach ball, but like blow up dolls with dicks. Yeah, it was bizarre, but interesting. You gonna blow up all my graduation? Weird. Why not? I'm gonna add that to my Amazon queue. Blow up doll. <laughs> blow up doll with dick. Bring yeah. it to the next party I go to. <sighs> Probably at my dad's house. Right, Dad. <laughs> Or take it camping with you this weekend. Yeah, I would, I would do that. Uh, if I had enough time to get it before tomorrow, I would, but I don't think I'm finding that anywhere in town. It might be a fun present for uh, Nick, but that's another side story there. <laughs> True. I just throw it in his tent while he's still asleep. <laughs> Dick, like, on his back. What, what, what did I do to Nick on his last birthday? 
When we were, or is that your birthday? When we were at that like place by Gunnis or by Durango? That was mine. Did I draw all over his face? Is that what I did? I think so. I think we sharpied his toenails too. We did a lot. We just did a lot of horrible things. Yeah. And then you opened the toilet seat and there was an ice in there. And oh yeah, I put Smirnoffs all over the place. No, I put Smirnoffs all over the place and I left. Yeah. There was still two there that were hidden before, like when we left. So I wonder if anyone found them and knew that you had to actually slam. I them. mean, if if I if I Airbnb'd somewhere and I just showed up and I opened a drawer and there was like an ice and I'm like, well, here, fuck it. Well, you got it, right? Yeah, party on, Wayne. I mean, that's that's the rules of the game. Yeah, it might be 15 years old, but if that bottle cap is sealed, it's still drinkable. Hundred percent. And if it's room temperature, that's your own fucking fault. Do you remember, Dad, that there was a time when me and Lauren Cell and Jake and someone else came over to your house? Dylan. Dylan. And weird slamming Smirnoffs? Yes. Yeah. I have memory of that. But we were doing it like on purpose. And then you was it called iced? Lauren. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we did it on purpose, but then we iced each other too. Yeah, then you guys went on to ice, yeah. <laughs> ice all around, so to speak. Yeah, but I remember looking out my kitchen window, and Lauren was like on one knee. It's supposed to be a punishment, but it's like you kind of enjoy it too. Yeah, yeah. Lauren seemed to be not altogether unhappy. <laughs> so hard eight, uh, hard eight. Philip Seymour Hoffman improvised most of the scenes in this film. Which makes a lot of sense because Philip Seymour Hoffman's one of the greatest actors of our generation. And this was like, what, his second movie? It's early, early. This loved, was the same uh, year as Twister. Twister was so his... So this and Twister. I think Twister was PTA out. PTA loved some Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah. But who wouldn't? Like, he's a, he's a brilliant fucking actor. For sure. I think my favorite role with him is in... Uh, I know that he's done a lot of amazing things, but like just the simplicity of like his role in Almost Famous... When he plays like the rock, oh yeah, uh, rock, yeah, yeah, the yeah. rock journalist. Like yeah. I just love the way he like mentors the young kid in that. But he's like such a small role. But he's like he's, he's like he's like he's like we're not cool. I'm not cool. It's okay, man. Like, like that 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 conversation he has with him in that film is just like one of my favorite things. I think that's why like I make CBS watch that film over and over and over again because I think that Almost Famous is one of the best films ever made. I, I love that movie so much. Yeah, but, I like. I just. Um, I, I'm trying to think of that critic's name that that Philip Seymour Hoffman played, uh, but I was used to reading his um, articles in Cream. He was the rock critic for Cream. Yeah, he's based off a real character. Yeah, but I can't think of his name. Hmm. What now? Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Almost Famous is based off a real character. Oh, in Almost Famous. Almost Famous, yeah. Find it for us. And go. But anyway, <laughs> one cool thing for Hard Eight. So this movie ran out of funding. Paul Thomas Anderson used all the money that New Line gave him for Boogie Nights, or not all of it, but some of the move, some of the money they gave him for Boogie Nights to finish to finish Hard Eight. And yeah, that's kind of funny. Like he got funding for that movie before Hard Eight even came out, and I think actually. Boogie Nights came out in the theater before Hard Eight even came out, like on video. That's oh wow! Quite possible the releases were really because close the company, together. 
I don't know if I have the note of the production company that funded Heart 8 went bankrupt. Right. And it wasn't until, like, way after it was released that they, like, recovered money for whoever owned that company. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. Because he got a pretty good, like, you know, most directors make their first movies with, like, as little as $10,000, you know, maybe not higher than like a million, two million dollars. And I think he got like 10 million or something for that movie. Like Jeez. to make that movie. Crazy. But he had some big actors too. Well, at least Sam L. Like. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah, he had some. Philip Baker Hall, you had to pay him. Like, you know. Yeah. He had, he had some, some. He had some half heavyweights yeah. for uh, such a rookie director. That's crazy. And they had to be paid. I think because of his parents, though, he knew a lot of people, too, though. He did. You know, like, he got... I, th- I think some of the funding for Heart 8 was from his parents' friends. Oh, gotcha. So he raised money because of who he's connected to. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Especially with how many names or that are names in his movies. Did you, I don't know if you said earlier, but maybe you did. Anyway... The only thing he ever wanted to be was a filmmaker. I mean, he knew yeah. it like when yeah. he was still in elementary school. Yeah, he made his first film at age eight. Yeah, yes, right. On like eight millimeter film and or and that was thirty five millimeter film, and he messed with the other things and like realized yeah. that. The and his dad things. supported all that because yeah. dad was in the business. Man, he had a very supportive. He started with he started with like Beta Max film or something like that, and like yeah. he was like, oh, this doesn't work, but like, <laughs> yeah. Which why I'm, I'd be curious to see a documentary on why Beta Max. Which was a higher quality? Mm-hmm. What what happened with the the VHS Betamax battle, and why Be- Betamax got beat out by VHS? Because Betamax is the the higher quality. Like it is, but it's more expensive. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's money. It's money, but hundred percent, hundred percent the money. Money compared to what though? Between the two products, Ooh, like half VHS the cost, isn't it? Yeah, but they but they had all the machines. They had all the films. Like, but VHS pushed them out of America. They, they they did they were very successful in other countries because when it comes to home sales, uh, but the price difference is the big is what did it compared to what though like they were very successful between in other each films. other. It's like uh, I don't know how to try to explain it to you. Really, it's like product wise. You're the reason. You're the reason. You're the reason the electric car died. It's your fault. The electric car? Yeah, it's your fault, man. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You're like, oh, it's because of money. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. You can take your electric car and plug it into your wall. It's your fault. Your wall being your back door. Betamax power. I, the betas, they're cooler looking tapes. I don't even know if I ever saw like a movie on Betamax. That's understandable. You didn't have that, right? We were all VHS. We were VHS. I saw movies on Betamax. A friend that when you were a little baby in Kentucky, I went to his house and saw a couple of movies. He had the, that format. Okay. And you're right about the quality difference. Yeah. Um, but. There Financially, was a big cost difference too. It was three times more. Like, yeah, definition-wise, it's three times better. way better. Yeah, yeah at the time yeah, it didn't matter though. It was like DVD way, way, way before DVD existed. I wouldn't say kind of. Yeah, there was a. Was he good, had a. For example, he had a Crosby, Stills, and Nash concert, and the sound as well as the picture was just amazing. And and, and it came down to ultimately, it came down to just like companies like bought out shit just like it, yeah. it, it didn't have to do, I don't think it had to do with anything with the price it was just like it oh, basically it's like surprise. Well, you can say that now but I think it just strong armed them out 
It's like Edison and Tesla, just like they strong-armed them out. I think it's and kind based of on price, because people bought. When it comes to home sales, VHS won because it was cheaper. Yeah, it was cheaper. I mean, I you're selling stuff to people wow. individually it, it, at home. It won because it won out the, the big companies, maybe. I think that, That's I think, what it takes, yeah. But I don't think it, I don't think it was price of production had anything to do with it. I think like at a certain right. point... You go and Google it, and then afterwards we can talk about it. Leslie Banks is uh, based off of... Uh, excuse me, Lester Banks is based off of Leslie Conway. That's his real name. But he did Leslie by, Conway. He did go by Lester Banks. Lester Banks was his actual name. Lester write. Banks, yes. He did, yeah, yes. he did write for Cream Magazine. He's he a wrote real, for Cream real character. I had, a, I had a subscription to that magazine. Yeah. That's awesome. I way preferred it to Rolling Stone. Well, it was actually out before Rolling Stone. He was a proper rock journalist and really cared about like, rock and roll music. They so. had a passion for the music and were... Didn't owe their soul to anybody. Because that film was like uh, loosely based off of like how he became famous, kind of yeah. like. Of course, I guess we're not talking about a PTA movie. So, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I think at some point, at some point, a Philip Seymour Hoffman episode would be great. Um, you know. Yeah, he's fantastic. If I do good tonight, could I get invited back? Of course. Well, sure. We well, already are anyway. Well, here's the deal with that, though. So we we're doing this episode to get you on a single single episode, but like when it comes down to Hitchcock and Spielberg, those are going to be at least double episodes, maybe trip. Like Hitchcock will be a double probably, but I think Spielberg might be a triple episode. There's if, a lot of material. If we're gonna if we're gonna properly gonna do, do it justice, if we're gonna properly do him, like I think we might have to do a triple. So both those things will be. I mean, that's why we've been waiting to have you here, but like, Tyler's like, ah, we're going to speed it up. Thank we're you very be, much. We're going to be, uh, I'm honored. PTA. So, this is not including any money he got from, you know, maybe family members or friends of his family or whatever, but he got $3 million from whatever the company was, and it only made $222,000. Worldwide. Wow. That's pretty rough. Um, but yeah, so. He had to make up all that money from his fucking, his boogie nights pay and probably even made it up even further than that. Like. I was saying it's a good thing he got that one beforehand. I think that's when he started Goulardi Productions because. Yeah. You know, his first movie, that whole thing, and he just started his own production company. Right. In honor of his pops. Yeah. So what's the next movie? Boogie it's, Nights. Boogie Nights, right? Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. I think this was the first one I actually saw, which might be the same for most people, considering it, it sounds like Hard Eight I'm, came out after Hard Eight was, yeah, Boogie when Nights. It was, when it was released versus how many people have actually seen it. I mean, it's the I way think I watched well this known. with I think, me. I think, yeah. Because I was into Paul Thomas Anderson, PTA. After Boogie Nights and then Magnolia, and I wanted to go back and see what that first one was. Right. And you were living with me. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good beginning. Definitely. Budget's uh, $15 million and box office, $43 million. For uh, Boogie Nights? Yes. Yeah, Boogie Nights hit, hit it out of the park. I don't think many of his movies made like a big, big profit. That might be the best one, actually. Uh, that may well uh, be. The largest is There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Twenty-five million and it grossed seventy-six. Okay. Yeah, so that's that, the biggest profit. That was the big, big, big blood. Yeah, that makes blood. sense. Yeah. I think it's supposed to critically. And, and unfortunately, it was came out the same year. 
As what? As the Coen Brothers. Um, no Country. No Country. At, oh, yeah, which fucking swept so, everything. Yeah. I mean, because both movies. Daniel Day won, though. They won. But Paul Thomas Anderson. No, Daniel Day Lewis, though, he won, didn't he? Right, he did. He yes. won. But he Paul Thomas Anderson didn't win anything for no. him. Yeah. Yeah, actor-wise, he won the actor. The Coen Brothers, the Coen Brothers snagged they, all those. They snagged it all that year. Yeah. Two really excellent movies. It's the way it is. Yeah. It's, it's the way it is a lot of the time. Even though Josh is like not here. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Forget about Josh. Cool. He's fine. Okay, cool. So we know about Boogie Nights. Oh, I got some cool notes on that. Sweet. Um, Boogie Nights. All right, so. Originally, Leonardo DiCaprio mm. was offered the role of Dirk Diggler. Mm-hmm. Huh. He had already accepted the role of Jack Dawson. Wow, that would been same different. year, same same film time. Yeah. So he turned it down, but he recommended Wahlberg. Weird. And why did he want Leonardo DiCaprio? That I don't know. Because he watched what's. Eating Gilbert Grape. Well, yeah, okay. It's only good movie. And he thought that he want. He, what did you say? This is only good movie. CBS hates. Not a DiCaprio fan. No, no, not really. Well, Paul PTA was real taken with him in that movie, so he was interested. How could you not be though? And you pull know? in. How could you not be taken with those eyes? I mean, come on. Crazy kid climbing trees and yeah. power lines and power, shit. T- power poles. water tower, man. Yeah, good times. That's interesting. What a what a different world it probably would have been for. I mean, between those two movies, gosh, Titanic put the dude on front of everything. So crazy, right? Huh? Exactly. Yeah, it's weird. Well, this is a good one. So Burt Reynolds won nothing to do with this movie hmm. at all. He turned it down seven times. <laughs> That's crazy. Seven times with that beard? No way. Really? Turned <sighs> it down seven times. Okay. After. So I, I think I remember him saying he he agreed to it because on the eighth and final time, like he actually got to talk with Burt Reynolds, PTA. That is, Burt Reynolds was like such a dick to him and so passionate that he was like, "See if you use that attitude, you'll get an Oscar for this." <laughs> oh man! And that's the only and- reason he accepted it. But after seeing a rough cut of the film. Burt Reynolds regretted making it, fired his agent for recommending the role to him, did not participate in promotional interviews. Reynolds ended up winning a Golden Globe for the role and being yeah. nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, he was nominated. Didn't win the Oscar, but nominated, nominated still. For supporting actor. Nonetheless, despite being a front runner, uh, it was widely rumored that he did not win because he had distanced himself from the movie earlier. Wow. Possibly. Wow. Who won that year, though? That's a good question. So this was uh, 1997. So it would be the 1998 Oscars. Yeah, the 98 awards for supporting. Did you see? Did you see the prosthetic penis thing? Mm Hmm. Did we talk? Mark Wilkerson. Do you ever talk about that? Not yet. I wouldn't talk about that without you, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Wahlberg got to keep the prosthetic penis. He has also stated that it has already started deteriorating. What? Yeah. Take that. <laughs> What's it made out of this deteriorating? Uh, I don't know. It was one that I didn't 
save the notes on this because I was like, I can remember that, but I don't know. <laughs> I can remember that. Rubber and something. Huh. Hmm. You, we talked a lot about him in episode 69 because it was like one of my big... Julian Moore and him were top conversation. I actually talked to T. Brown Brown a lot of it. I was just like, oh, sometimes like people are assholes and they have to apologize for being an asshole. And I was an asshole in that episode, so I had to apologize for it. So Robin Williams is Goodwill Hunting. Robin Williams is Goodwill Hunting. Huh. Won that year. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a tough one to beat. Yeah. yeah. How do you fuck with no, that? You don't. You don't. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely you don't not. fuck with that. Well, there's no, no. one else on the list that's even close. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes we're like, ah, it's close, but like that would have been yeah. a, that. You know, if, if like, Reynolds would have won that one, that would have not been. Burt Reynolds, you're a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? For Jackie Brown, Anthony Hopkins for Amistad, uh, Greg Kinnear for As Good as It Gets, which is mm. probably third, and then Burt Reynolds for Boogie Nights. Yeah, it's a good year. Yeah. Makes me mad. He fired his agent over that. It's fucking Burt Reynolds. He's angry and old, and fucking he's just like, "Fuck you." I was his agent. I fucking. I was in fucking cannibal shit on his doorstep that Fuck night. Fuck you. <laughs> like, I once moved a monkey from one one coast to the other one. I'm the bandit. <laughs> and they're just like, "Wait, no, that's that's a character." He's like, "I'm the fucking bandit." I'm like, oh, "Okay." It's like the sequel movie too, where he's trying to be the bandit still. Yeah. All right, this is a good one. Kind of stuck, right? Kinda I once moved, I once moved three hundred kegs of beer, Coors yeah. Light. Like, is that better? Yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> that's an better. With an ambulance, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was he was un he was untouchable for like what five years. Uh He was like the he He was was the guy. My sister had a thing for him. Yeah, he was some kind of sex. I I work with a guy that looks like Burt Burt Reynolds. You met him. I have. I don't know anybody you work with that looks like Burt Reynolds. Yeah, he lives in Montrose, the same as Mark. Nah, he doesn't like Burt Reynolds at all. Yeah. He's got the mustache. He's got, you know, he's got it going on. Mm. All right, whatever, dude. <laughs> what? Everyone calls him Magnum. That's a different guy. I guess that's Selick, but yeah, it's a different guy. No, everyone calls him the other thing too. What's the Burt Reynolds one? The Bandit. Yeah. Yeah, the Bandit. They call him both. So Smokey and the Bandit. Those movies are so good. Anyway, so everyone will like this. So Buck. Who's the stereo salesman who's played by Don Cheadle? Don Cheadle. Yeah. What? So Very worthy in that. When role. he's selling stereos in the very beginning, and I noticed this while I was taking notes because I watched the beginning before I came here, he refers to a TK421 modification that makes a stereo sound as good as it possibly can, which is a designation of one of the stormtroopers Han and Luke attack after sneaking onto the Death Star in A New Hope. Oh, sweet. <laughs> that's kind of hilarious. Wow. Now, that's a worthy tidbit there. No idea. It's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Just showed him. Oh, yeah, I forgot Thomas Jane was in this, too. Uh, anybody can grow a mustache like that, dude. How about that John C. Riley? He's so good. Can't oh, that, yeah. Can't that guy act or what? He's so good in everything that he does. Agreed. So, so good. Nothing else to say about that, I guess. 
Well, dude does comedies. He does drama. He kind of has a... And then really weird, he's that Cartoon Network show where he's like, I don't know, some talk show doctor guy. He drools on himself half the time. It's kind of disgusting and terrible. But he's really good at what he's doing. I don't know, I don't know what that thing is called. The John C. Reilly, like, doctor, where he's like the professor weird, and he's like kind of... It's an adult swim show. Half insane. Uh, I know what you guys are talking about. To, I, I know. I can't tell you what it's called. What is that called? I might want to check that I out. I need to download so, that. I don't think I have it. So intermittently, he did the Across the Universe video. Like, his, like Fiona Apple did the right. Beatles song, but for Pleasantville, and he directed the video for that. That's cool. And that, that movie, the end of that movie fucks me up, and that part of that end of that movie is in this video, but it's just like, she looks right at one point and looks at William H. Macy. Then she looks to the left and she looks at fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, shit. God damn it. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. And yeah. just like, and then, but she looks, she looks right and then she looks straight and then she looks right again. And it's like, it, she looks right the first time, it's William H. Macy. So right again is Jeff Daniels. And she's like, what the fuck does that mean? And she doesn't like, it doesn't like that she looks right and then she looks left. It's like, she, it's, she looks the same direction and changes. And, and it's like, that's, yeah. that's that part of that film. To this day, fucks me up, and I don't understand it. And I'm just like, I ask everybody what they think, because it's it's like Lost Highway, like the movie Lost Highway. I know, like, I know Skip was drunk, I know I was drunk, but it doesn't matter. But you know, David Lynch, David Lynch is some fucked up situation. But there's a lot of there's a lot of opinions on a lot of David Lynch movies. But in Pleasantville, that scene alone weirds me out because I don't I don't know what they're trying to say because like. She has the affair with Jeff Daniels, but why wouldn't she have looked right and looked left instead of having instead of having both? But she looks, it's like, it's the same person, like, she looks right, looks straight, looks right again, but it's like, and they, they change people. So what is, I, I'm confused as to what they're trying to, like, show in that. Is the color black and white when she looks at Mason? It's, it's full color at that point. I'd have to watch it again to be sure, but I think it's a matter of like your position where you live but in the universe. They, I think they touch on that in this video, which is cool because, like, hmm. um, you know, I don't, I don't remember the video at all. So, but the movie itself, I think, is more a matter of like her making a conscious decision which version of the universe to live I in. I mean, I, I think that maybe like they're like making this video and she's like blah 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 blah, and he's just like get out of my car and threw out of her car. <laughs> Full why, do you, why do you keep going back to that? There's yeah, that's, so that's a normal. That's kind of, I threw oh. somebody from a car. I hope somebody could bring, <laughs> bring it up. Oh, I see. Okay, we could, you could do a whole show on that, really. I don't. That's not. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I've never even jumped out of a movie car before, but I if, one if I did, I'm just kind of taking her side on this part. That's the only one. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, Tim and Eric, so, awesome show. Great job. Uh, he is on that as the character, yes. That also is a show that is god-awful and terrible. Uh, check it out with Dr. Steve Brew. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. Steve mm-hmm. Brule, excuse me. Steve Brule. Check mm-hmm. it out with Dr. Steve Brule. Check it out with Steve Brule. Brule with a B. Yeah. And he does a Drew, Tim does, and Eric Ross yes. show. That thing is terrible. So, Tyler, did you rewatch Boogie Nights before this show? Like, when I was taking notes today the, before I came here, so the whole thing, no. Yeah. But portion of it and I do did it trigger any of your memories when you were when <laughs> when you were when you were in the topless bar and that I pulled you into that universe no not really no no parallels no. 
No. You're making lists. I didn't. No harm done then, apparently. No. <laughs> no. That's you know, we've been to titty bars together since then. I know that. But you were young. Most importantly, on your 60th birthday when I took you <laughs> to fantasy. Yes, indeed. A <laughs> <laughs> moment not, not soon forgotten. And we also got a lap dance across from each other with two different girls that kept switching off. Yeah, that was... <laughs> that's never happened before. <laughs> May that never happen again. Kind of kinky. Maybe, yeah, well... It's kind of, you know, weird. That's probably but why we're... In a cool that's way. probably why the 2020's going the way it is. You guys have fucked up the universe, so it was just kind of like a... Dude, that was like seven years ago, though, you know. Eight years ago. He's crowded you now. Sixtieth. Yeah, I, I didn't we didn't I didn't even know you then for sure. Yeah, Crack. this was before this yeah, this was before, before no posts or anything. Pre Josh. Like, this Pre-Josh. was we went we had a random crew too. I cracked the wall of reality. We had it was like it was me, Nick, Kmart. Kmart. Uh T Baz, Travis Circalo. You remember him that lived in Ryan Willard's house? He lived on the street, I think, or no, it was like three blocks oh, away. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he lived him right close to here. And um, pick him up. Dan Cormier, Julie's dad, and yes, Dan Cormier went. Who oh. there was? I feel like there was one other person there. I'm not thinking of. I don't know. And then I was friends with a K2 driver at the time, and I was like, "Hey, Robert. we're at Canna Creek. Yeah, Robert. I'm Robert. like, we're at Canna Creek. We need to get to Fantasy, and we got six people. And he was like. I'll be right there. <laughs> fucking showed up in five minutes and drove us all the way to Fantasy, and then we called him like four hours later, and he's like, I'll be right there. <laughs> and he was. Because I had his personal cell number, and he's like, you can call me anytime. Kind of bypassed like, the whole dispatch all right. system. Yeah. It's it kind of cool. Anyway, thank you, son. <laughs> that might be still like one of the best days of my life. It was a good day. Yeah. It was. Definitely. We talked a lot about strippers today, which was really weird. Huh. <laughs> if you, if you say so. TBB, I was like, uh, yeah, strippers, strippers. And he was like, yeah, I dated a lot of strippers. And I was like, yeah. Good conversation. But. So back to Boogie Nights. I want to say poor William H. Macy, but his character in that situation was actually slightly based on a true story. So like William H. Macy... Well, the whole film is based on John Holmes. Right, but... He had a girlfriend who kept fucking other dudes, and he caught her doing it several times, one of which was, like, a crowd of people, like, watching them. But it was based on uh, an old porn actor named Cal Jammer. I don't know who that is. Whose girlfriend, though, at the time was Jill Kelly, and I do know who that is. And she was having secret relationships with an actress and other male porn stars. Hmm. And Jammer later shot himself in the head on Jill Kelly's front lawn. That actually happened. And that's kind of what his character was based on. Wow. Tragic character. But if you watch that, if you know, if you watch Boogie Nights all the way through, you're like, that poor fucking guy. Like, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. But also his wife in the movie is played by Nina Hartley, who was a porn star way back when. I hmm. did not know that. Either. Yeah. Huh. Those are good you notes. Think it, it, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of like people that were in relationships and they're porn stars. Like, I don't I don't know how you do that. I don't I don't either. Like to this day I'm just like, I don't fucking Oh, 
I have a perfect example right now. Okay. All right. Hulk Hogan, real Hulk Hogan, his son is like either engaged, I think engaged to a porn star. What the fuck? Yeah. That's real life. So like the singer, the, the band Bayside, he was like, yeah. he was dating some fucking porn star and there was a thing. It's like, like, like two full albums are about like that shit and like them not. Like them not working. I, I I don't I don't know how you could be in a relationship with a porn star. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do There's it. There's no way. No, not at all. Fuck just, that. Like cool. Like if you don't do that, then do that. But like I yeah. There's n- there's no way in my brain I think I could ever do that. I couldn't. I cannot. Like there's no there's no switch that could turn off. To yeah. Be like, oh, that'd be fine. Yeah, cool. Whatever. So I don't love him or anything. I you just go get that BBC girl. I'll talk to you in a week. <laughs> oh man! Like, like no, you, you literally have fifteen dudes like, <laughs> like triple penetrate you. Like ah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm out. I'm outy. Then I'm gonna shoot my face on the front lawn. Like that's kind of how I feel about that. I think maybe if she's only banging Asian dudes, <laughs> it doesn't make it better. It makes the pussy better. Sorry, um, man. There's no stretching going on there. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, next film. Please, Let's thank you. Let's go to Magnolia, man. Hey, it's not yeah. Magnolia. Oh, my God. Jeez. Lucky only has eight. God. Right. Exactly. Or this could be a two-parter otherwise. Man. It's Magnolia, pyramid scheme movie. And go. We kind of talked about it with Tom Cruise a little bit, but... I mean, it's super probably like the best ensemble movie I can think of. It's got a pretty deep of all cast, time. Yeah. Best ensemble movie of all time? Yeah, uh, maybe not of all time, but top five. Mm. It does have a deep cast, but a very deep cast. Yeah. And he. What else would we say is up there? Network. Ocean's Eleven. Uh, Network. You've right? got to throw Nashville in. Robert Altman's Nashville. I don't think I've seen that unless Which I saw it as a child with, while you were watching it. It has 11 threads in it, has, you know, even more than PTAs. As I recall, it has 11 threads wow. of storylines. Yeah. But Robert Altman was in his prime. The 75 film? When he did that, yes. Crash. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Almost, well, I mean, that, I would put that on the list. T. Brown said Crash. I would, I would also say yeah. that's up there. That's sure. a good one. Ned Beatty, Timothy Brown, Barbara Baxley... David Arkin, Shelley Duvall, Renee Blakely. As far as actors, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Keith Carradine. Yeah, Keith Carradine. Well, Magnolia the was Jason Robards' last film. What's that? Oh, really? Goldblum's in that last. film. Last. Oh. Nashville. I didn't even fucking... Which is funny, because he was dying in the movie. Yeah. And then died shortly after, right? He was dying of lung cancer yeah. in real life, as he was dying of cancer in the movie. Yes. Well, that's crazy. He didn't... I don't think he lived to see it. Huh. Wow, that's good. Yeah, I think it was really soon after. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he got to see his own performance. His last Another performance. good Philip Seymour Hoffman one, too, being his oh, caretaker. Jesus, like, man. fuck. So Julian Moore is the crazy-ass wife, all pilled up, but then comes to terms with herself and is like, I can't take this guy's money. I fucked around. I didn't love him. I just want the money, and now I don't want it. <laughs> so... You know, the T.J. Mackey character that 
Cruz plays is just really, really well done. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. I'm not that huge Cruz fan, but uh, that's some good acting. He goes from... uh that's some good acting. Being one person to the complete opposite towards the end of the movie, you know, like, because Jason Robard's character is his dad, right? Mm-hmm. And then he, like, that he, that person he does the interview with, like, completely breaks him down mentally yeah. from what he thinks he is, yeah. and then he's like, I got to see my dad before he dies. But, but he wouldn't have known that with, so we talked without about Philip this. Seymour Hoffman's character. This is Tom Cruise's... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Like, he got paid $100,000 for this? Yeah. It's a small The part. least amount of money he's ever made in the only time he's been nominated. Crazy. Because even, even in the 80s, he was getting $2 million, $3 million a movie. Top Gun. And 99 $100,000, this movie gets nominated. What do you make for uh, um, Ben Stiller movie, uh, Tropic Thunder? It wasn't listed. Like it wasn't that. listed. Yeah, yeah. So probably good. more than a hundred grand though. I don't know. He's so, <laughs> he, but he's fucking brilliant that too, though. It's like yeah, like when he when, when he, he gets paid nothing to do goes, something sort of goes off character to do something that he knows is going to be good. It's like and huh. he's good at it. That he really is. So yeah. Robards died uh, December two thousand. 2000, uh, December 26th. Uh, Magnolia released that uh, in 1999, so he did it. Okay. Good. Good. It was a wonderful performance. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's... I mean, not wonderful. I mean, it was just authentically... There's probably eight. And maybe you guys don't know this. You know it, Tyler, but I worked for hospice for about 10 years of my life. Yeah. So I've been in death room situations. Right. And that was really real. That was real shit. Wow. It really was real. Hoffman's portrayal of what, how he was being affected as the nurse. I've been right there uh-huh. with him. Yeah. In situations I can't even believe are going on, but they are. He really nailed that. Yeah. Phil Parma, that was his name. He orders peanut butter and water, and then he orders... Playboy and <laughs> Penthouse, right? <laughs> I really, really, really like the very beginning scene of this movie too, where they're talking about what's his name, Sidney Berenger, the kid that can't take his parents arguing. Oh, yeah, gets on the roof of the building they live in, jumps off. His parents are arguing. Mom accidentally shoots a shotgun, hits him. While he falls past the window, and there's a safety net there because they were like painting the building or something. The, the safety net was so, set up because so like, of window watchers were that. coming, so it was set up to save so them. So like if they the fell. kid would have lived, but lived. his parents were arguing, and as he was committing suicide, like a bullet goes through his fucking chest from his mother. From his mother, right. that meant to shoot the father, but missed. And they also never kept the shotgun loaded. Yeah, and it had been loaded. It had been loaded by Stanley. Exactly. Stanley had loaded it because he was he wanted he wanted one of them to kill the other. Exactly. Right. So he put the bullets in, but instead he got killed. Yeah. It's a messed up. But that's the part of the movie I really like is that you know they open and it's like there are no coincidences. Right. Everything happens the way it's supposed to. It doesn't matter what you do. Right. It's gonna fucking happen. 
Magnolia's budget was thirty-seven million, and it grossed forty-eight. Yeah, some eight, some nine. It's pretty good for nineteen ninety-nine. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good budget for a a director on his third film, too. That's true. This that has nothing to do with action, too. This uh, this is my personal favorite movie of his because it takes me on a trip in a way that his movies tend to do that to me or else I'm susceptible to the trip he's trying to take me on. <laughs> but Magnolia really did, partly because of the death theme and the amount of work I had invested in that in my life. Yeah. Right. Um, but also because of the relationship thing, because I did a lot of counseling in my life and the shit between fathers and sons and how the parents mess up their kids was very real to me. I mean, it was all real stuff. I mean, it didn't seem fabricated that much in any way. I mean, that's shit really happens. Right. Fathers really do mess with their daughters. Right. And Melora Walters in that role as the abused daughter is coked up all the time. And then John C. Riley, the and cop John, the who cop just wants to fucking fall in love. I know, and he falls in love with her. He meets a cokehead, and then they fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> but he loses his gun. Yeah. That scene where he loses his gun is just amazing to me, how he, how he deals with, you know, he was on a shootout. Right. And... Gets shot at and wasn't it raining? It was raining. I mean, I mean, there's yeah, there's and he ducked to, to cover for because he's getting shot at and he had no idea what happened to his gun and the cop doesn't lose his gun. Right, right. It's a but pretty big did. thing. Yeah, it was a big, 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 big yeah. deal to him. So and that happened right after he met her and thought like his life was going good. You know, he drove around in that cop car just talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But he carried that role really well, and maybe he's one of the only characters in that movie that really didn't was kind of innocent, didn't really have a lot of yeah, wasn't all messed up. Yeah. He wasn't messed up, and didn't seem to have a bad history with his parents, and none of that's in there anyway. He just seemed to be trying to do a good thing, yeah, by being a cop and maybe helping people. Yeah, he had that attitude like, if I get one good call a day, that's exactly that's good. Yeah, that's what he, that's what he says. Yeah, you know. Crazy, there's there's so many characters in this movie. Yeah, it's hard you to think of all it. of them. Oh, no, Wiz Kid, Donnie Smith. Wiz Kid, Donnie Smith. <laughs> Poor guy. I feel like William H Macy William is just H. Macy. always getting shit on. Always, his character is just always laying on the short end, man. Yeah, except for you know, in Shameless, he's a piece of shit, but like he never really gets shit on. Because he gets away with everything. He gets away with a lot of shit. <laughs> He's super good in that movie, The Cooler. Did you ever watch that? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's he still kind of gets shit on, though, doesn't he? I mean, it starts that way a little bit. but Yeah, but he, like, yeah, where he what lands. he does what is, he like, does shitting is pretty... on other people. So it's just, like... Yeah. Because he, he, he has he, extreme bad, bad vibes. He just throws the shade. He literally throws the shade. Yeah, and he just he has that control over yeah. the shit. So he just kind of, like... Yeah. I, I thought that movie was, like... Dark as fuck, but like it's like, oh, well, Mitch Macy's fucking passing this. It's is, that, is that the one where Alec Baldwin is like the yes, yeah, the uh, the manager of the fucking casino or whatever, casino, the, the cage boss yeah, or whatever, boss, yeah. He's the boss, yeah. Um, but again, goes back to Pleasantville because like William H Macy kind of gets the shaft in that film as well. He gets the shaft in everything. Think about Fargo. 
Uh-huh. He got shafted so hard in that movie. He tried to murder his wife. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he just, just he, no, like he just, he wanted the money. He wasn't trying to murder his wife. He set up a murder. Like he deserved it. We need to do him as an actor because I think. That, I, I, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to talk about with him. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a great. I'd throw that down a little episode. bit on that. He's a really good victim. I'll say that much. Punch drunk love. Absolutely right. Adam Sandler. Oh, wait, I have one more thing on Magnolia. My dad might, too. You get all your Magnolia stuff in there? I may have one more thing. You go first. I thought this was cool. Um, The scene with the frogs raining from the sky. They actually used 7,900 rubber frogs for that. And the rest were created by CGI, but... 7,900 rubber frogs. Yeah. Right. Falling from the sky. Falling from the sky. Man. That's... Which yeah. is biblical, right? Yeah. Correct. You Exodus, know this more than I do. This Exodus is... This. chapter 8, verse 2. Okay. It's one of the plagues that will be thrown at the Pharaoh if he doesn't let God's people go. Right. And that particular verse is the plague of frogs. I will rain a plague, plague of frogs down on you. Right. And... Lots of you could talk. You could talk about. I could talk about Magnolia forever. But anyway, right? Lots of ramifications with that. But in the movie, if you pay attention, as you watch, if you ever watch the movie again, the numbers eight two are all over the place in all huh. kinds of different places. Which is Ezekiel, Exodus, Exodus eight two. Yeah. So it's you know he just gets obsessed with shit. But the other thing about that movie is, to me, when when he talks about past. You may be through with the past. Past ain't done with you. Yeah. And some of those people are experiencing that. Yeah. The karma of mistreating their kids and one gets cancer and one decides he needs to, you know, hmm. shoot himself before he dies of cancer. So that's just that. It's a lot of father, son, parents mistreating kids thing. That seems very real to me. It's hard to watch sometimes for three sure. three hours and ten minutes. It, yeah, it is I mean, a long I mean, movie. It's really all his it movies takes you are through this intense trip. Really, aside from Hard Eight, I think all of his movies are longish. But the, two uh, hours Punch, fifteen minutes plus. Punch Truck Love is on the, a little on the short side. I think is it okay? But no, no, none of them are pleasant to watch. Like you watch it, you're like ah. but in a good way. It makes you feel like it's always making a statement. It, make, it makes you uncomfortable in the way of just like ah, that's that's that. Mm-hmm. The other thing about that movie before we move on is just simply Amy Mann's music as a musician. Very good. I absolutely way value her very good contribution to that, and she really inspired a lot. You of got me into that super yeah. super hard when I moved here, and we just you know I lived with you, and we watched worthy. movies every night. I'm like okay, yeah. I think Magnolia was the first movie we watched. I was like, "Shit, yeah, this is real, yeah, like, real deal." It's a real deal. I think that and Apocalypse Now were the first two movies I watched when we moved here. Where I was like, two movies I hadn't seen. Where I'm like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> like, My dad is. I don't know shit, shit man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, it's fun. We're still going with it, man. It's, yeah, it's still cool. For sure. Some Punch Drunk Love? Yeah, Punch Drunk Love. PDL. I, 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 I found that that in my fridge. I don't I don't know. Is it any I good? I just, just took my first drink of it. I know. I, I, it's a 
IPA. I, I think that belonged to Skip. Um, An insane rush IPA. And I just, I was like, ah, you like, you know. Thanks, man. Mr. Huff likes, like, the... I like beer. The good the good beers. Yeah. Uh, Punch Drunk Love lost money, so gross was $25 million and box office was twenty-four and a half. Oh, yeah. shit. People don't like Adam Sandler I, in a I think movie. I think other than, what'd you say, There Will Be Blood and, what, Magnolia and Boogie Nights made a small profit. I think all the other ones have basically broken even. So Phantom Thread made about uh, $10 million. Okay. Inherit Vice lost. Lost money, yes. The Inherit. Master lost. The Master lost, too. Which uh, there Will Be Blood, obviously, is the is the, is the yeah, one. Yeah, Punch Drunk lost. Magnolia, 37 and 48. Boogie Nights, 15 and then 43. Yeah, Boogie and Nights. And then Hard 8, which was $3 million lost. Yeah. Yeah, so... But I think... I think in PTA's case, he... Whether he loses money or not, people don't care because people always get nominated for Oscars. And the movies usually do, too. Sure. A handful of them, for sure. So I think if you're going to lose money at the box office, but you're getting people nominated for Oscars, I yep. mean, you know, you can't ignore that. As well as, the like the European Awards, you know, he's very well thought of over there, and so those folks get their names mentioned over there as well. It's true. This was uh, the first Adam Sandler movie to get a positive review from Roger Ebert. <laughs> Man. Wow, now that's... There you are. Yeah. That's... Okay. Which, Ebert you was know, still at the alive. time... Yeah, was and Ebert at the time, alive, yeah. he was like, we really liked his reviews. Like, we agreed with him most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was pretty seasoned. Critic. I have one of his books... Where it's like his uh, best, like uh, five hundred movies or something. Oh no! So I got that for you. I yeah, think. I think you did. Do you guys? I mean, I know. Let's see. Let's see if you remember. I mean, he was with Roper for a long time. But do you guys remember who he was with before he was the Roper? Siskel. Siskel. James yeah. Siskel. Yeah. Absolutely. That's S- when I started watching. Siskel and Ebert. Siskel Siskel Ebert. Yeah. yeah. That's when we were like we w- we would always read those in the newspaper. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's how old those were. Siskel right. Died. And Siskel died. Like he got late, like a brain tumor or something. Yeah. Late nineties, late and then. Yeah. Hey, I sometimes he would. I just love their back and forth at each other, man. The band. And, and then Ebert didn't Ebert agree. get like. Face cancer or something? He did get face cancer. Like his, yeah. like mm-hmm. part of his it, chin it was, was it gone. It was a weird yes. thing, man. Like, and it, it wasn't good. Like, it kind of sucked. Like, real yeah. bad. Like, obviously, cancer is always really bad, but it, like, it, it, it was like a thing. Like, instantly, like, it was. You saw pictures and you're like, what? The I know it fuck? didn't even look like him anymore. Just eating face, his chin away. Like, he's, he's, I think he still wrote a lot after yeah, that, but, he, but then like he, he but, didn't want to appear anymore. So, so I don't. Ninety nine. Yeah, Ninety nine. What about Ebert? Ebert died in what? Ten. Four. Fifteen. Roger, right? Yeah, Roger, Roger, Roger Ebert. Ebert. Mm-hmm. Fifteen, I think. Sixteen. I think it was further. Okay. I mean, I maybe not. I think it's twelve, but I'm just good. He's been gone a while. Oh, that's close. April fourth, two thousand thirteen. There we go. So I don't know. Like I listened to the guy, but. Ebert's son 
Alex, Alexander Ebert, makes music, and it's really good. Huh. So he's he has he makes solo albums just as Alex. But then he's also a part of the band Edward Sharp in the Magnetic Zeros. Oh, I know. Which that is band. really good shit. Yeah. That's, that's very random. So that's that's Ebert's son. Huh. But he's also made film scores. Like he made a score for Oh my god, what is that movie with Robert Redford where he's on the boat alone? And it gets a leak, and he has to fucking figure out how to fix it. Like, and he's by himself, and there's a storm coming. What is that? But he made the score for that, and it was really good. Hmm. I can't remember what it's called. I, like the, um, I don't know. I like the title you first gave it. Robert Redford on a boat with a leak, and he's got to fix it. Yeah. I, I think that's a great title. <laughs> that is a good title. Yeah. It's a good work. It was time. like maybe eight what years ago or that? something. Not maybe not that long. I don't know. Covers everything. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Watch your hand. I know what I'm doing. Back up. All is lost. All is lost. There we go. You're welcome. If you guys haven't seen that, watch it. It's good. It's literally Robert Redford uh, alone. There's no dialogue. Huh. It's just him on a it's, boat it's by like, himself. Yeah. It's, it's, and like, it's like uh, the Tom Cruise film or Tom Hanks film. Hanks film. Like uh, Castaway. Like Castaway, but he's but, on a boat. But And way darker. It's like, it's, yeah. not, it's not a good. I'll be damned. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Good music too. Like that. That guy is a good. I mean, he probably had a lot of right. special treatment from having a famous dad, but he makes some really good music. Cool. Oh, Robert Redford? No, Alex <laughs> Ebert. Oh, he's fantastic, regardless. Oh, huh, yeah, Redford's great. <laughs> Redford's like fucking royalty, bro. I know, man. I don't know. That, I don't know about him making music. I don't, Alexander I've, I've never Ebert, once, man. I've never once heard a Robert Redford song, but. Yeah, there's gotta be videos. I'm sure, he's done somewhere. a duet with William Shatner. You should hear that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> William Shatner also did a duet with fucking Henry Rollins. It's called "I Can't Get Behind That." That's true. Can't get behind that. It's <laughs> definitely true. <laughs> so weird, but it's true. Yeah. Go, Henry. So, so we did the Mark Wahlberg took home the prosthetic penis. Yes, we passed that. Uh, Check. Punch Drunk is where we're at, right? Oh, Punch Drunk. Yeah. Didn't didn't make money. People don't like Adam Sandler movies where it's not funny. It's sad. I didn't necessarily like it. Why didn't you? PTA really wanted to work with Adam Sandler. He really was a fan of Billy Madison and... And Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. But curious, why didn't you like it? I don't know. Maybe just subject matter. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen this movie, but I remember not liking it. Billy Madison. I don't know why. I, I think at the it. time, m- most people didn't like it because they thought it was going to be funny. Man, that's probably why. I thought and it was it, fantastic. And it wasn't funny, but it was really good. Way good. <laughs> I, I, it's I, a reverberation, man. That movie reverberates. It's it's. I mean, I know that he's done a lot of great things, but like this is my favorite PTA movie. Like I think I absolutely love this film. Like his his love relationship with fucking Emil. Um, Emily, Emily Griffiths. Mortimer. And Mortimer. Emily Mortimer, yes. Um, Her. And, like, just, like, he wears that weird blue suit, and he finds a piano on the street, and it's just, like, he's, like, his sisters are fucking horrible to him, and he just, like, he's just, like, he just has all these, like, pent-up aggression, like, fucked-up shit, and he's, like, oh, all these, like, freaking flyer miles, and, like, I could just, I can do this thing, and this, and, 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 like, 
Like he calls like the sex hotline and they're like they come and fuck with him and then he, he oh, yeah. pulls that dude out and just beats the fuck out of him just like it's it's such a brilliant film and it's just like um the inner frustration that he has in this film is because I have fucked up sisters and they get a lot of attention and yeah, yeah. I, I, I I don't have that kind of inner frustration but like like my sisters are fucking assholes and so like when I watch this movie I'm like oh yeah I get it I fucking get it and he did he just like so, so, so there's some cool things like when he's walking through the grocery store there's like a shadow that's watching him and it's like it's her following him in the actual film. Oh, crazy. And Gail the Snail is a sister. Ugh, I fucking hate Gail the Snail. And if, and, and if she's the the best of the sisters, she's, imagine what the other fucking ones are. Yeah, oh, they're... Yeah. It's, it's not good. It's toxic, man. But who would have thought Adam Sandler could carry something like that? Right. Who would have mm-hmm. thought he could yeah, do this? Back then, like, yeah. then, no one. Then we P.T. Anderson. Because what was before that? that? Waterboy? Was that, like, the movie Billy he made Madison, before? Billy <laughs> somewhere in there. Yeah. That Waterboy was 99, so, like, what? Billy Madison was one of the ones that P.T.A. liked. Yeah. So that's in there somewhere. The mid-90s, maybe. Yeah, Didn't he a- make, like, he got, like, what did he buy so much of? To get the fire miles pudding, and he got like he got like a over a million frequent fire miles or some shit from the pudding packs from three thousand dollars worth of pudding. I'm like, what? That's crazy. Uh, Apparently, management was right before Punch Drunk Love. What was? I'm so sorry, Little Nicky. Little Nicky, right? That was fucking horrible. Yeah, that was like that movie actually is really horrible. When when I like Billy Madison. Did you? Do you know? Sure. Uh, that's that's was 90, 95? Popeye's Chicken was Butter? 96. 95. PTA was a fan of Billy Madison, and it's one of the reasons I think Billy Madison was 95, and Happy Gilmore was 96. Yeah. Those, are the, those are the two he's mentioned. Gilmore was 96. Yeah. Wow. Well done. But yeah, who would have thought? $3,000 worth of pudding yeah. gets you... 1.25 million miles. That's crazy. <laughs> There's no way that can be I'm right. like, if that were to happen right, well, maybe not right now, but like <laughs> when I actually knew like flying to other countries might be possible again, <laughs> I'd be like, I would spend three grand for that many fucking miles right now. For sure. Crazy. He was very methodical. I mean, how long would that last? Let's do the math. Mm-hmm. If you were to go on five trips a year, I think you'd be covered the rest of your life. <laughs> Maybe. It's a lot of miles. That's a lot of miles. I don't know how that breaks down at all. It's crazy. I don't think I can Google it. No, I don't think I know. Yeah, yeah, there's no way to. I'm pretty sure if I'm doing the math right just by guessing that five trips a year, you wouldn't pay for a flight the rest of your life. I'm going to say there's no way to argue that really, so. Yeah. I don't know why you would, but, yeah. How about Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah. I mean, dude likes using Hoffman for sure. Does he not? Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. He's, yeah. The Earth's circumference is only 24,902 miles. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if there is a circumference, then yes. But we don't know that. 
because it might be flat. The film has it might be flat. The film has no opening titles. They're all titles and credits like appear at the end of the film. At the end. I like when movies start like that, though. It's like he does fuck a lot the of bullshit. Like let's get right to it. He does several you know? others of his that way. The master was that way. Yeah. Hold the credits for later, man. Let's get into. I the think flow. even like even though Magnolia says Magnolia and has a Magnolia come up on screen, you don't really see anything else. There's it's nothing just that. else there either. You know, yeah. you don't have to read like a bunch of shit going on. So there will be blood is next. True. That's the one I really wanted to rewatch that I couldn't because I was trying to watch ones I didn't know as much about. That film is a uh, what. There will be blood, and what's the other one that came out with fucking what's his name? Uh, it was like kind of the same same year. Oh, we said it earlier. Um, no country for no country for old men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the same year. They did they? Yeah, and they're very similar films. Yeah, but like both. I mean, the stories are obviously were super different, but like very. Type and they were film. super nominated. Both of those movies yeah. got a lot of nominations. And yeah, we were saying like Daniel Day won for that, but. P.T. Anderson didn't because the Coen brothers got Coen like all the fucking awards for that. What's his face was just like with the uh, Javier Bardem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, he. Yeah, what can you say about that? There's nothing you can ever say. <laughs> and about that. fucking a blonde uh, bowl cut, uh, creepiest blonde, thing yeah, ever. That haircut. Of his. <laughs> and Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee murders in that film. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, that, mo- that, that movie is actually absolutely incredible. But like this movie though. Is super, super. I was tormented when it's, his kid goes fucking deaf. I'm like, oh my, it's messed up. God, yeah. like, you know that fucking. You know, it's it's based that rig on just explodes, and it's like, uh, yeah, and yeah, you can hear yeah, it because like it. the sound of that movie yeah. was so good that like you feel like you're going deaf, and it's like, oh yeah. shit, this is fucked up. That hit me kind of hard. I'm like, yeah. if I was. The dad of that situation, like, I don't know how I'd ever forgive myself. Well, what's the film? I kind of, I put up in line the same. What's the movie that you and me went and saw, Tyler, with uh, the two brothers? Chris Pine's one of the brothers. Oh, Hell or High Water. Dude, I think Hell or High Water got little to no respect. Yeah, and for it, sure. It... it to me personally, if it flows with these two films, yeah, definitely, because the same kind of fucked up shit. But it's like, yeah, it, it was a brilliant film as well. But dude, it's, uh, it's definitely a hard, you know, hard movie to watch. So there will be blood was actually nominated for sound editing. Actually, now that you say that, Mr. yeah, I mean, how could it not be? Yeah. Like, fuck. Oh, I know. Just even that one scene even where the kid's scene. going deaf, and it's like you feel like you're going deaf because yeah, it's just it like just that sound of ring yeah. of, like, you know, like your ears ring sometimes. Yeah. It was like that, just magnifying. I'm like, yep. Well, the stuff with the oil. The and like, but Dan, yeah. fucking, like, everything that guy's in is fucked up. Like, he's he's True. such a fucked up actor. Yeah. He's so good, though. What's the one, what's the one where, uh,. He's like the adopted kid with like the stanks bit him and like the kid goes missing. It's uh, and he gets the shit beat out of him because like the little the little girls go missing. Prisoner. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman and Chick Jones. Hugh Jackman just beats the fuck out of him in that fucking uh. In like 
burns him in the shower with scalding oh. hot water and shit. Jeez, and then it's not even know. him. It's like who yeah, he lives well, with the but, whole time. I mean, like, he was part of it. The kid knows, but he doesn't know because he got he, he had the snake. But he had been abused his whole but life, he, too. But he had the like, snake oh, in him, so he didn't know kid. better. You know, like, he, the kid just didn't know better. And then you hear, like, you can barely hear someone, like, whistling at the end of it. Oh. Or, like, blowing a fucking bell or something. Yeah, it's a whistle. Or a, yeah, a whistle, yeah. like, underground, like, yeah. in that fucking God. driveway. And, like, that, that Jake dude, Gyllenhaal is like, like, you think he hears it? And he just keeps walking. You're like, oh, no. He, no. he stops, and then the credits roll. Such a brilliant film. Like, and, like, Dano, like, murders. And he's like, he's so creepy and so fucking weird, but he's so good. And he and he plays fucking what's his name from the Beach Boys in yeah, the Beach that Boys film with John too. Cusack. Uh, Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy. He, Mercy he plays. Uh, Did you see that Brian, yet, Dad? Um, Brian, Wilson. Brian Wilson. He plays the young that Brian was a good Wilson. One. Yes, and it's like he, he plays. Uh, he plays the one song, and his dad's like that song's fucking super depressing. That's, that's a piece of shit, and it ends up being one of the greatest Beach Boys songs ever. And it's, I mean, man, he he murders young Brian Wilson. Like, it, yeah, that film, I, I need to see that. That really film is super it. underrated, and it's it's weird because like people don't like the Beach. I mean, Mister Huff, like, and and I can't not call you like that. That's just what I as out of respect. <laughs> what I'm saying, like, as a, as a musician, didn't some old guy enter the room? No, no, no. Just <laughs> out of respect, <laughs> what I'm saying, like, I know, but my grandfather in the room. Like, the, 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 the Beatles, like. <laughs> get, th- get get thrown on this platinum level, but the Beach Boys like did these things that like kind of pushed the Beatles to be a band. Like Sgt. Pepper's, true. you know, was because of the Beach Boys. The Be- like they they're like, oh, we got to push ourselves even more. And like, fuck. Yes, he wrote Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds, which is an amazing like, album. Pushed like, and the in Beatles to, to Pepper. Yeah, and, and you know because his response to Rubber Soul was Pet Sounds. The Pet Sounds pushed them into Revolver and Sgt. Pepper. And it's... I it's, mean, absolutely. Paul McCartney said that. Yeah, and like, it's, it's insane. They were like, blown and away and by... Brian Wilson is like what Brian a maniac. Wilson. You know, like, yeah. he, he, had, he had a lot of, like, mental health issues. Well, yeah, he did. He had like, a lot more, of mental health issues. And more, acid didn't help that, unfortunately. Definitely not. <laughs> and he, and he had that, <laughs> there are some people that acid helps. But he had... But, like, the whole movie... That, that <laughs> I feel like I've been helped by acid, personally. <laughs> I second and if that. If you don't feel that way, please hold your thoughts till. But he like he, he in that film it goes into like he had that he had that personal assistant slash. Like, yeah, he had the assistant who kind of took over his life. Kind of kind of fucked it's a him. Thera- therapy guy. And, and the guy just like ruined a lot of shit for a lot of like a for lot, a lot of, of people. Brilliant things. So Paul Paul Dano played who? Pl- plays the young Brian Wilson. Oh, that's and awesome. John Cusack I, plays the like the old. The, the, uh, the older guy. And John Cusack kills it. Yeah, I mean, he could. Obviously, he could do that. I could see that. But man, I can see that it's, it's such a good film. But like, straight along, like, he just like. Yeah. So we go on tangents. It's okay. I, yeah, that's no, what we I do. Just that's part of doing enough of your shows to know. So all of a sudden, I'm going. We gotta part, pull this back in. Man. That's part of the point. Okay, cool. So Excellent. we get to talk about you whatever. know, yeah, whatever, whatever where, touches wherever it, it sends us. That's right. where we go, and then we'll come back around. Right. But this film might not have been made without Daniel Day Lewis. Really? Yeah, like he accepted the role because of being a fan of PTA mm-hmm. and Punch Drunk Love mainly. Is really? like what yeah, like that's why he wanted to work with Paul Thomas Anderson. And um according to one of the producers, the film may never have been made if 
Day-Lewis declined the role. Crazy. Dude, so imagine this. Imagine being... Doing a film with Daniel Day-Lewis, and, like, he refuses oh, to be called anything but his character in that fucking film because he's, he's so... always in character. Like, he did, he's such... The, he, he's in the ultimate role. Yes. Like when they well, did, what's the guy won fucking four Oscars? Oh, yeah, I think so. Three, at least. Three. He's won three. N- nominated five, five or some or shit. Is it, only, like, is it only three? I think uh, it's three or four, wrong. but... Maybe we've got an expert on the couch who could maybe figure three, that out. One, three Oscars, yes. It's one three, yeah. One of them and has to be for what, my, left foot, when they my did, left foot. When they did Lincoln, he refused to be called like, anything but Abraham or Mr. Lincoln or Mr. President the entire time they filmed that fucking movie. And he won movie. for Lincoln, too, didn't he? So it's Lincoln, my left foot, and there will be blood. Yeah. The other one? There will be blood. There will be blood, of course. Yeah. yeah. And then he retired after Silver Thread. But he was. He made his last movie. Phantom Thread, yeah. Gangs of New York, he was fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah. Bill the Butcher. So he was nominated for that and didn't win. But that was like. That blew my fucking mind. I'm like, this is like. Some of the best acting I've ever seen. Last time he can amazing in that role. I don't know who won the Oscar that year, but. Still, like, the scene. Where he's like, you see this knife? Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you to speak English with this <laughs> fucking knife. And I'm just like, that yeah, part, I'm like, I mean, one of the best cinematic moments absolutely. of all time. Like, he's never, <laughs> never lets anything down, man. And you can watch two of his movies and not even know it's the same person. Because, yeah, if you watch My Left Foot, for yeah, example, would say, you know that's different. the same person? Like, I didn't know, like, I watched Phantom Thread this week. And I'm like, that's Daniel Day-Lewis? Like, holy shit. Yeah, we, that's when we started watching last night. I was just like, eh, what the fuck? Like, so I, didn't even know. I can't watch this with him because I'm not in the right mindset. Because, like, I've seen that film before. And it's a really, really, really good movie. But I'm just like, CBS is going to fucking hate it. So it's going to be constant. <laughs> it's it's going to fuck things up. So it doesn't, even if I don't like it, it doesn't matter. It's yeah, you got to, whatever. You know, you got to look after yourself, man. I was trying. To, I was going to make him watch it because of tonight, but then I was like, eh, nah. "It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter." I've seen it, but I was like, eh. "You know, before I became a fan of Christopher Nolan, I was a big fan of PTA already." Yeah, I know. And they're actually friends. And they're friends. Yeah, oh, I found that cool. out look, doing a little reading myself. And they're friends. They have a whole group of yeah people that want to keep film yeah. alive. Yeah, real film. Yeah, like yeah, P.T. Movies. Anderson, Chris Nolan, J.J. Abrams. There's yeah. like a whole group of them that exactly. like congregate and That's cool. try to fight against digital. I love that. Like digital film for movies, and, you know. You know, and like we have talked about it a million times with J.J. Like his massive sets and like practical effects versus CGI. Yeah, yeah, which is fucking huge. I mean, fuck. Some of the shit they did for. The last Star Wars trilogy is insane. Well, I mean, yeah, that documentary, you see the side of the ship? It's freaking crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy. Oh, like we're just going to build a 300-foot side of a fucking... Star Destroyer? Star Destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I'm right. fine warehouse. Good for you guys. How'd you do that? Freaking That's cool. crazy. <laughs> so the Master, this is the one I haven't seen. Mm. Me either. I I watched that... Um, so not last night, but the night before. Well, she is leading, so because I don't, I have not seen this one. So we were kind of talking, like I kind of agree with what T Brown was saying earlier. Like for Joaquin, this is very like, like very similar to his yes, role, great. very similar to his role in Joker. Like I think this is why he was kind of eyeballed for a possible Joker 
mm-hmm. portrayer before that happened. Pretty he's long. very like he's a he's like a naval a naval vet that really got just kind of loses his war. mind. He got damaged and, in World War Two. Yeah, and this so we're looking into 1950 now, basically. But the, the, he's his, never recovered. His psychosis is kind of like very Joker esque, but it's just like he's not the Joker, like. I actually huh. really enjoy the 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 alcohol that the the, the whole alcoholic the, theme. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. Him making he made, the juice or the special juice for Philip Seymour Hoffman he made, uh, made homemade you know, shine, really, man. I feel like a real boy up here. This is nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Josh, Josh went the other way, so he hadn't seen this one, so I forgot help. Good. But uh, yeah, no, Excellent. for real. Like it, it went the the alcohol of of what like Philip. Um, sorry, what what Joaquin deals with. Like his alcoholism and making moonshine and making the things for Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Um, their relationship in this movie is, uh, um, it's almost sexual, really. Oh, like it's a lot of variety. Yeah, there's a lot of tension. Tension between those yeah. two guys. He re- uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman really, really enjoys um, Wa- Wa- Joaquin as a person, for sure. Yeah. And kind of his uh, tortured soul, I feel. And kind of uses that to his advantage in That's, this kind yeah, of I mean, the yeah. cult yeah, that yeah. they're in. Absolutely. Hoffman got nominated for this, didn't he? Yes, yes, he did. As did Joaquin. But Joaquin, did he as well? He got yeah. They both they yeah they both got nominated. Okay. And I want to say he was nominated for Best Picture, if I remember correctly. I think so. Yeah. And it didn't win any of that. It right. did not. Who no. won? What, so this was 2012. 2012. So. I'm not sure who huh. won that year. I don't know. Yeah. What was in? What was in that year? One of the things, and Tyler, you can probably you guys that know more about actual filmmaking can correct me on, but he shot the film in 65 millimeter instead of 35 millimeter. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Crazy. He insisted he had the budget to do it, and that's how he's going to shoot it. And if you watch that movie, the detail. The artist. The artist. That's the artist. Yeah. Two th- that's 2012. Yeah. No, no, we're, we're on 2013. Oh, it was 13, I'm sorry. Um, um, that was the year of Lincoln, Django Unchained. Mm. So Argo won this picture. Argo. Argo. Uh, Which I would argue is a better movie than The Master. I mean, don't be wrong, The Master is good, but Argo's, Argo is good. Argo is awesome. Yeah. Especially for a Ben Affleck. I wouldn't argue about it, but I think The Master is. Uh, Masterful. He's a good director. Could easily have taken the Oscar. Affleck's a good director. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Crazy. The 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 two acting. I mean, oh my god. Philip Seymour Hoffman. I love the Joaquin wife in Phoenix. this too because she knows Amy, it's all bullshit. Amy yeah, Adams. She yeah, Amy Adams. Cool, yeah. She? yeah, she does keep it cool. Like the whole time, she's like, know, "We are so fucked." Yeah, and I'm okay with it. And she she buys. She buys it. No, she does though. She she buys into the the whole right. thing. She's right. like, whatever. Let's. This my top. Oh, the Tom Cruise run is on. I, I don't think I've ever seen this actually. Seriously? No, I don't think. No, I watched oh it like gosh. three times in one day because I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> it's, does it show it? Does it show all the movies he's in? <laughs> all the so movies he runs in. Yeah. Which would this would be? Uh, Taps maybe. Yeah, that would have been taps. This is. Outsiders. Outsiders. Yep. Still outsiders. Outsiders. Losing it. Is that what that was called? That's what risky business. Risky business. business. They get progressively worse. Oh, this is when he's running to the final. That's a good scene. That's a good one. 
That's the same right as in every fucking film. Look at him with those fucking khakis. Trademarked. Patented. A lot of, lot of running in Risky Business. Yeah. Did a lot of other things in Risky Business, too. That's right. true. If you're following at home, you're going to have to get on YouTube and play the Tom Cruise running video to make any sense of this. And sometimes right you just got to say, yeah. what the fuck, man. Right? Right? Sometimes true. you just got to say. It's very true. Well, we're gonna get twenty minutes of dead air if we continue to <laughs> yeah, watch. Right, it. Right. right, I think we might be. It little, does get it, it. gets funnier as it goes, though. <laughs> they become more like very personal shots of like you can just see his face and he's just, just like running. yeah, <laughs> like shots advanced in, in yeah. <laughs> yeah. In like, now he's medieval. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a legend. Legend, yeah. yeah. I forgot he ran in that. Yeah, he runs in, he runs in almost, Yeah, I want to say almost every. There's line. a Tom Cruise movie. He's running. So uh, a, a a friend of mine, uh, I, I I went and saw Joker, and I was like, this is Joaquin Phoenix's best movie. I think it's his best performance, so on and so forth. And a, and a friend of mine named Ashley, she she texted me. She said, you have to watch The Master, and I yeah. did. Yeah. And I really really enjoyed it. I. Don't know if it's as good as as Joker. as Joker because it's it's it, I don't know if it was if it I think it would be good even if it wasn't Joker if it was just whatever man who he, he called crazy or whatever right. I think that that's that's probably his best role but he does you have do to a really good job I does mean, he not no he does and I really enjoyed I think my my favorite part is actually where he again is making alcohol and and and, and obviously has an issue. Um, and he, he jumps on this boat right before he meets Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so serendipitous that he meets him. It's he was running because yeah, he thought he killed exactly. Thought he killed the cabbage worker exactly. He thought he killed somebody, and he got shit faced and on jumped on shine. this boat. Yeah. yeah, on his own moonshine, and he got on this boat, and all of a sudden he's oh here I am, and it just happens to work out exactly. I feel like they did a really good job in the master also too of making him look. Like somebody who obviously had some sort of mental issue, exactly. like he, uh, um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, just he makes looks it, wounded. Yeah, exactly. From, from yeah. World War Two. I mean, yeah, he was they carrying... make him PTSD or whatever it is that he has. Yeah. he carries it in his character, and even his through his, exactly, even through his reactions, the way he stood. Yep. He was damaged. Absolutely, he's he damaged the whole time. So many ways. Well, and I think that's why he trusted. Philip Seymour Hoffman so much. Yeah, you know, he this, needed guy, this guy showed him. Yeah, he showed him. And I think, again, that's where that relationship comes with. It's almost, um, you know, sexual. Thing. I mean, he obviously loves him a fucking lot. Right. Huh. I mean, it's re- you haven't seen it, CBS? No. Oh, you got you got it. That's, it's, no, it's <laughs> a great movie. He sort of movie. becomes a guardian in a way, or a bodyguard, he's, in yeah, terms he's, of, you know, he starts jumping on people that don't agree with the master. Exactly. He's or, he's almost a, 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 a bodyguard for and, the whole family. And, yes. And then he starts taking him to demonstrations and um, showing him how he's, which he hasn't, but how he feels that he's been perfecting him from this lifestyle and oh look at the does he call him monkey at one point i think he does yes he refers to him as i think he monkey. calls him yeah. pig fuck too or some shit yeah like uh, yeah. some messed up language he parades him in front of you know these debutantes and, and very very rich rich people. famous folk i mean yeah it's just like the you know wild bill cody taking the you know, little Annie Oakley around or whatever. We're it's selling like, the snake oil. We're selling the snake yeah, oil. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. We're selling the snake doing, oil. Absolutely. You know? And, you know, there's obvious references to L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology. Sure. sure. Uh, but. Tom Cruise. 
that, you know, cults are cults, you know. Yeah. I mean, this was a post-World War nation that wanted to believe in something cool. Absolutely. And he started selling it. I don't know if there's anybody else who could have pulled it off other than Philip Seymour Hoffman. I don't either. I don't think there is. I don't either. He gains your trust so fast. I know. You just, I mean. man's sprinting everywhere he goes. Are we still like on Cruise? That's just like a. Oh, Mission Impossible. You can't stop watching. You can't stop watching. We're talking about Scientology, right? We are. We are talking about Scientology. We're still there. One man sprinting. Like even, even, even Philip Seymour Hoffman in Doubt. Yeah, As yeah, a doubt, fucking yeah. pedophile, yeah. I'm like, oh to God. a point, I trusted him in that. Like, I did too. Sure. Guys, just he wouldn't be hurting that little black kid. He no, there's no not. way. I, I you believed him, like <clears throat> but he's that good. And let's not forget Radio Days. I don't know if any of you guys are fans of that movie, Radio London. I'm sorry, not Radio Days. Radio Days. Radio Where they're London? on the pirate radio. ship. Pirate Radio. Pirate Radio. Oh, yeah. Radio London. Yeah, pirate Radio. He's, he's good Let's not forget too. his role in that, which is similar to his role in Almost Famous in a way. Right. That rock guy that's going to keep a real thing going on. But again, just like just like we all said, I mean, you trust him Ask immediately. You about, ask you about Talk Radio. Tell us yeah, about Talk Radio, Mr. I, got, I don't. I haven't watched it. I downloated it for Josh. Has he, has he seen it? Ask him. Talk Radio? Oliver I Stone have. movie? No, I have not. No. Speaking of Oliver Stone, I just recently watched uh, Any Given Sunday. I'd never seen it. What? It was oh, so man. good. So good. What? Excellent. It's still not the best sports movie of all time Excellent for me, but film. it was really good. Excellent sports movie. It was really good. Yeah, I'd never seen it. I watched it. Man, yeah. It's your fake teams. It's awesome. The greatest sports films of all time, I think that was in the top three. It was up there, yeah. I watched yeah. I, I listened to that episode. It's pretty. It's up there. What's next? So when Philip Seymour Hoffman died, it's like I, f- I lost my favorite actor in that moment. That was tough. I remember was that. Tough. This was me. one of his I last movies. Yeah, it. it was one of his last movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have been a fan all of, of all. His all fourth his and final Oscar nomination also. It's incredible. I mean, wow. the man, he was 40-something. Wasn't, I don't think he'd even no. hit 50 yet. I think my favorite movie that... Philip Seymour Hoffman is probably um, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. I don't know if you saw Oh, that's that a good one. So good. It's, love that film. Love that movie. The dynamic Mark, between him and Ethan Hunt. Is, or Ethan, Ethan Hawke, sorry. Ethan Hawke is, is so amazing. good. And that's where they rob his parents. Yes, uh, they rob his parents' jewelry store. Oh, I love that So film. good. I haven't seen that in so a long time. I saw that because of you, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I wanted you to see That's it. one of my favorites. That's a great For Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. I, He's right there with yeah, that one. yeah. That, that's that's an excellent one. I don't remember seeing a movie where whatever he was doing, I was not into. Sure, yeah. Do you? No, I, I mean, I, I I don't think there's a movie that uh, I haven't been a fan of of his. Absolutely. Even Twister, which isn't a great movie, his character in that movie—it's a great movie. My wife would disagree. <laughs> yeah, she thinks it's excellent. I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> I, mean, I watch it sort of as a guilty pleasure, but partly sure. to watch him. Partly to watch him. Bill Paxton is an American hero. Yes. But well, there's true. yeah, there is Bill Paxton that gets in the way, but still, gets in the way of the tornado. Yeah, he gets in the way of yeah, exactly. But but there is Dusty. This, Dusty. You know, yep, that's his name. All right. You know. Yeah, we'll do we'll do Philip Seymour Hoffman at some point. But oh, he's got I, I got to point out a few. Yeah. I got to point out a few more. Okay. One we talked about in Cruise because he was such a good bad guy in Mission Impossible. We just did Cruise, yeah. But Capote, twenty fifth hour is like the fucking. Oh man, he's like God about that. Friends, yeah, he's like the the school teacher that was kind of a bitch that 
but he had friends that were like really cool people. It's like Edward Norton. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Norton. And it's a Spike Lee movie, but yeah, I have to. He watch was it. so good I, in that. I don't I hardly remember it. I think I saw it maybe, maybe once. Just don't remember much about it. Yeah. Then there's. Do you want your microphone back? Then there's Cynodoche. Yes. Oh yeah. That was Let's a good one. Let's not forget Cynodoche. Cynodoche, yeah. If you want to see a, a guy act, <laughs> watch that movie. Yeah. And watch him. The journey. Sounds like we really need a, a Hoffman episode. I think so. It's definitely taken too early. Like, I, it's, it, I remember like being shocked. I, I was like, too. Like, I, I absolutely, I remember guy. I had to actually sit down. Yeah, you're like, when I heard it. This guy just overdosed out of here. Like, that's crazy. It had several Surprising. years of sobriety. It had so, several years. We, you guys were talking earlier, by the way, and I was on, on that, but you guys were talking earlier about um, William H. Macy's character in Boogie Nights and how it's so sad, blah, blah. I actually think that Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is the saddest in, in okay. Boogie Nights. Yeah, because yeah. he's in I love agree. with Dirk Diggler. Yeah. And he's trying he's so, trying so hard. hard. Yeah. I, and he has nothing. He has nothing. Yeah, but he's... He has, such a lovable loser. When he doesn't know, know who he is, he he's not quite he sure. Not sure. Am I gay? Am I not? He, yeah, I, I that that tortured the, soul just really spoke to me. And he and carries it. It doesn't matter. That's true. But roll. I mean, he just care. He just nails it. You believe him? Yeah, I do. And William H Macy, obviously, you know, he does a good job. But I, I Philip Seymour Hoffman, I was like, man, this guy is has no idea what's level. going on. Yeah, another level. He's still running. Oh my god. Are you still running? <laughs> No, it doesn't stop. Oh my God! We're only on Mission Impossible Three. Well, for, for, Ang- <laughs> for Angley's Mission Impossible Two, it had to have been at least like six minutes. We're on inherent bias. We're on I haven't seen this. So no, I have one more thing actually that about the master. Oh, okay. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman had his first drink in 23 years at the rap party for this film, leading yeah. to a relapse to of a his relapse. alcoholism. Bye, friends. So that's the movie. Thank you, thank back. you, man. Of course, back. That's there the movie that killed him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He and then he started doing some heavy drugs to cope with the fact that he relapsed with alcohol, and he Joaquin fucking murders this film. And like the the movie's not that good, but him in this film is like fucking fantastic. You think the Master's not that good of a film? No, I, I like Master. I just like I think Joaquin because between oh. Ma- the Master and then this film. Um, Joaquin does that thing where he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a hip hop album. I'm gonna quit acting. I'm gonna do this. Like, this was kind of, yeah, it was in that, that time f- period. Yeah, he kind of had a freak out and it was all, or whatever. No, you know, it was all fake to yeah. make a documentary. But like, this is what kind was of, it called? I'm still a retirement here, or yeah. I'm still here or something. Or something. And then, yeah. and this is his kind of first actual film back in the ship. But like, he kind of, like, he just, he, he, I, I can watch that guy. Joaquin is either brilliant or. Fucking horrible, and I hate him. And this movie, I think, I don't like this movie at all. I don't like this movie at all. Like, I think it's it's a rough film, and it's it makes me feel. I mean, I don't like it because I'm not saying it's not a good film. I'm going to say this: I don't like this film because it makes me feel disgusting. Does that make sense? Sure. But that means it's a that means is that, that it was it done well. Good, that it is done and, well. And yes. Joaquin in this movie. He does a fantastic job. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. I don't like the film because I watched it. I was like, I'll never watch this film again. But I watched it again for this podcast. And I was like, oh, my God, this fucking movie makes me feel disgusting. 
So. Okay. What's the next movie? Well, that I mean, we're talking about Vice, right? Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be Robert Downey Jr. first. Which I think that that film was already kind of made, which is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but not as dark. Well, it was true. It was based on Pinchon's novel, so and I have actually read his novel, but I actually don't remember how divergent it is from the novel. But the characters were... It was just a twisted. It was a twisted journey. They were all the characters are on. So he goes out to that house. It's like out in the middle of nowhere, and there's like an oil rig. I think in the background. Yeah. He has this. He has this infatuation with that. That. That California, like the like the um, Bakersfield oil field, fucking like um, low income feel like in what whatever the the time frame whatever decade it is like 1970 yeah. if we're talking about vice yeah but vice but but even this i mean this uh like there will be blood there will be blood is like an yeah. oil film oh yeah there's a lot of oil 19th century when yeah. oil barons were being born but in southern but in california not southern california but like that mid california yeah like bakersfield is built on fucking oil money like yes the, like the poor part of bakersfield is called oildale yes and the rich part is called rosedale like that he like that a lot of his films base around that shit and it's just like people don't realize it and it's just like there's a lot of really disgusting horrible money in California regards yeah, of film money absolutely and like and he he does a, a lot of his films are based on that shit so like and this is one of those films that's just like has, lots, has a lot to do yeah. with that yeah but th- this film especially has a lot to do with that and like you know like Joaquin doing Joaquin I mean Joaquin's fantastic when he wants to be and he's also terrible when he wants to be so this is the, he's he's fantastic this film and it's and it's, it's a hard film for me to watch because it makes me feel gross inside but that means like he did a good job sure true story he's still running yeah it doesn't it doesn't stop Tom um, Cruise is still it never running. ever what, ends what he, what he started probably he runs a lot in collateral damage I think, I think too, this probably. is only the fourth Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Yeah, you're fourth of this. 2011, yeah. so we, we got a couple hours left. We ain't done yet. Uh, oh, God. He hadn't hit the finish line yet. It's a thing, for sure. So, he did a shit ton of Radiohead videos. Which we haven't really talked about this yet, but his composer of the last four or five, I think it's four... Movies, Johnny Greenwood. Johnny Greenwood, who is the lead guitarist for Radiohead. Radiohead. Um, I want to say that the first he did was There Will Be Blood, but then he did The Master Inherent Vice and Phantom Thread. That's right. John Bryan carried him through Punch Drunk Love. Yes. Who's also very good. I love also, that guy. I love John Bryan. So good. What What soundtrack did he did he write that you really like? John Bryan? Yeah. I Heart Huckabees. I Heart Huckabees. Yeah. John Bryan wrote the soundtrack for that, man. That was a good one. Most excellent music for that. But yeah, Johnny Greenwood. Um, 
I thought some of the scores were pretty good, but then Phantom Thread, which I watched absolutely last night, fantastic. What, what do you think? Well, I th- like I thought that was a really good score. Like he's getting to the point where it's like, if you didn't tell me he was in Radiohead, I wouldn't have no fucking he idea. Would not even know. you know, like he's legit. Like he learned some new instruments. You can tell. I agree. He figured out how to write scores. Yep. And it's if really he keeps good. going, it's going to be real. Yeah, like um, he's going to be good. Anderson's into using working with him, so there's been a lot of development already for him. Well, that guy deserves credit. There will be blood was good. That was a good score. The other two, I was like, okay, it's pretty good. The master had some good stuff, but um, but it was also very you know like Phantom. the master and inherent vice. I feel like we're very. Time, fifties, seventies. Some of that had to be thrown Mus- in there. Musically, what he made to me was kind of like it was still very based on him being in a band, sounding right. kind of you agree. know. And then, but not Phantom Thread. And then Phantom Thread, it was like he took another. This hole. is Johnny Greenwood. Like I know. holy shit! I couldn't believe it either. I mean, I was just like, what? That guy really had come a long way. Yeah. Hmm. But I feel like everyone in Radiohead's kind of like... Is Radiohead still together? They're together, but they're all doing their own thing. Obviously. Tom York makes his own music. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he pops could, up doing some film scores here he and there. Because he's made, he's made some instrumental shit that's I know. really good. It's just different. It's not. It's like I could see it in like an indie sci-fi movie or something like that. But I'm a Radiohead fan because of you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. We bought, like, when I first moved here, I had a a CD of Kid A. Yeah. And I didn't have a car. And <laughs> this man drove me everywhere, or I took his car. Is that a and good we left, or what? We <laughs> left, Come on, man. We left Kid A in his car for... A long time. Several months. Yeah. Until it got scratched. I bought three copies of this album because we were just like always listening to it. Man. Everything. Maybe like the album we agreed most on bonding out ever. Absolutely. I agree. That's it. Radiohead. Just constantly kid A like years in your fucking Jeep (laughs) Cherokee. Yep. Absolutely right, man. (laughs) It's awesome. And of course, at the time, I had no idea who Johnny Greenwood was. Right. But I, now you know, know who, I only know who was part of that unit. You know, I only knew at that point who Tom York was, who was like the vocalist. The vocalist but right. Yeah, Johnny Greenwood. Who, even even though Tom York played guitar too, Greenwood was still labeled as the lead, lead guitarist. Guy. Sure. So uh, we really only have one film left, but I got to ask you before we get into that. Tyler and me have been talking about this film for the last week and a half. Weirdly, just off the cuff. I just I gotta ask you your opinion on this film because there's a scene in it. Alec Baldwin's fucking monologue in this film is one of the greatest in film ever. <laughs> Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. How do you feel about that movie, man? That's an awesome movie, right? That's an incredible movie. Well, it's based off a play, but right. like the by film, David. Uh, Dio. Mamet, right? Am I right? Mamet, yeah. Mamet. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. He's an incredible screenplay guy. And that's 
really an amazing film. But that scene where he's just like, fuck you, that, like, like what's your name? Like, what, like, you know, Ed Harris is in it, fuck Jack Lemmon, like, like bri- brilliant fucking It's one of Jack Lemmon's greatest performances. Topicino. that's my name. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's just like... Can I have a moment? So I used to listen to the speech that Alec Baldwin makes in that every single morning before I went to sell cars. Every single morning. You used it as a motivational absolutely, absolutely. It's one of the you. best motivational it, it speeches for selling I mean, I get, something. I get that. Yeah. All the time. So good. Yeah. Coffee is for closers. What is it? I'm not fucking kidding. <laughs> I'm that on point with that coffee down. Oh my god. <laughs> so good. And so Tyler we were talking about that film and that's an underrated fucking film. I agree. Because it's like Stone, like Wall Street was kind of because of that film, Wall Street was made. Absolutely. And it's just like people don't realize it. So it just like, it kind of like, I don't know, it just, it just made. Wasn't made, Wall Street first? It wasn't. I think so. No, mm-hmm. Glengarry Gun Ross should be 1989. Glengarry Gun Ross was first. I thought Glengarry Gun no, Glen Ross was in the 90s. No, because um, he it was, was ahead of Wall Street. Lost like he was doing. Would, I'm not sure though. Doing 1992 do, is Glengarry Glenn Ross. Wall Street's in the 80s. Yeah, it could be. Could be something there. But this was set in an earlier John, time. John C. McGinty like helped write that playlist. Maybe it was a year. Yeah. Right, 1987 is Wall Street. I'm sorry. Yeah, so he did like McGinty, who played Doctor Cox and Scrubs, actually helped write the play. So that makes sense. Uh, but Oh, well, no, I mean, I didn't know that about that guy. Yeah. I know who John you're talking C- about. John C. McGinley, he was also in um, Fuck Ups Now. Yeah. A bunch of, he's, a, he's friends he's with Oliver Stone. He's in, like, Oliver Stone's movies and oh, shit, too. I, yeah, but okay. I watched, I I went back and watched Glengarry Glen Ross. Like, I didn't know what it was. And then I was obsessed with that movie Boiler Room, you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With Giovanni Rabisi, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was like ninety nine. Yeah, like I was obsessed with that, and they they talk about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross several times in, in that movie. In and I'm that like, movie. what the fuck is? What are they talking about? In the so, sales world, they still to this day talk, talk about, about Glenn Gary, Glenn yeah. Ross. I mean, Absolutely, it's, it's amazing. So that's why I went back and watched it because I'm yeah. like, I gotta see what this is. And I still like one of my favorite quotes from it, just because it's hilarious and it. Kind of makes sense, but not really. Is Al Pacino, and he's like on the phone with someone. He's like, "Hey, <laughs> what a tough guy you are!" And he's like, "Hey, let me buy you a pack of gum. I'll show you how to chew it." <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's hilarious. Like, that's just the way. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, "All right, I'll buy whatever, oh, whatever you're selling. Whatever, I don't care. whatever, yeah." Yeah. So fantastic! I just, I just but, had to ask. Like, oh, like see, it, Mamet is a s- smart scriptwriter, though. I mean, he writes dialogue that you can buy. You can. It's like real. Yeah, but he I mean. like his whole thing was fucking for 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 stage. Like that. That's where he very I know very much succeeded. And like, and so but, the written word and how they say yeah. it has to be perfect, perfect on stage. But it translated pretty well in this yeah. movie. As did State and Maine, if you've ever seen that movie. I think I watched it with you, actually. Yeah. I'm going to Another David I'm gonna have movie. to pirate that and add it to my Plex. Yeah. So <laughs> it's worth a look. So Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. Some DD. 
L. Daniel Day-Lewis retires after this film. This yeah. is his last film. Apparently. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's the word. I could see him coming that's back. Word. But oh, I it'd have to be for the right thing, you know. I don't know. I think that maybe a significant other is like, I need you to not be somebody else for like fucking nine months. Like, can you just like be you and fucking clean the fucking, take the fucking trash out? And he's like, <laughs> no. Nobody asks Abraham Lincoln to take out the fucking trash. I'm freeing the slaves. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, cool, you're freeing the slaves. I mean, I think Lincoln would take the trash out, but I see what you're saying. Did he, though? I'm pretty sure he He would. He probably had the slaves take Uh, the trash out. (laughs) Because he only freed the slaves in the South. The Emancipation Proclamation only included slaves in the South. It didn't include them in the North. That's fucking facts, motherfucker. And I'll tell you, Abraham Lincoln wasn't as great as everybody thought he was. Uh, you want to get history major on me? I'll tell you that. Hey, sweet he beer. only freed the slaves in the South, not I in don't. the North. I literally don't care. But he had a sweet yeah. beard. Best set design? Costume. Costume. Best costume design, yeah. Yeah. That's worthy. <laughs> but, you know, the relationship he has with uh, his muse is really interesting to me. And he, he, he kind of, like, I don't know. It's just... Uh, well, though, I, I remember the whole movie thinking, like, does he fucking know? Does he know she's poisoning him? But, like, then it ends and you're like, did he know? Did he not know? Like right. what? Like did he know she's using mushrooms towards the very end of the movie? And you, you, like he's making eye contact with her, like eating her food, and I'm like, he fucking knows. Yes, that's. The but moment. then out of nowhere, it's like he's on the toilet and mm-hmm. just like it's like yeah, something's wrong with me. Still, like he doesn't even fucking care. But it's she like, told him, you know, that she was gonna lay him down. And he yeah. went ahead and ate, ate it anyway. I think it's because he was just like kept hoping that like she loved like that she loved him enough to where it was that like do you love me enough to like let this take this to the end? Yeah. yeah. That part of it fucked with me a bit. Like me too. She's just gonna fucking. Is she gonna? So now she knows that these mushrooms. Make him sick. Can make anybody sick. Make anyone sick. And it's just like, oh, you're going to eat mushrooms every night for the rest of your life. Sorry, motherfucker. But he just goes along with it, and it's like, it's pretty cold. I love mushrooms, but yeah, no, if I was eating them every night and getting sick every night, I'd be like, huh, I know what's going on. Right. (laughs) 100% I know what's going on. Even back back then, like, what year was that? When was that supposed to be? 1950. Even Jeez. then, like, people knew that mushrooms were... Maybe Again, could make you sick. London, yeah. So, right. how yeah. would you not figure that I th- out? I, th- I think he knew it was good on. I think, on the other hand, he just, like, he loved her so much. It was just, like, I think that he wanted her to be, like, I don't know, I'm not gonna... I'm gonna quit. Yeah. And he, she just didn't. Hmm. Just, like... Jeez. Like, sometimes people just have hope until... it. To a point where just like yeah, I I have so much faith in this this thing, and that's just like mm, nope. I should have given up. I should have I should have like shown my cards. I don't know nine months ago before I was dying, and he didn't. And I think that like that's like when I watch this film, I think he just 
he cared enough about her that he he was hoping that she would pull back and she never does. Which is actually, I mean, I guess that that, in that light, it's pretty different because most guys in that situation would be like, on to the next one, peace out. You're out of here. You know? like That's right, but he didn't do that. So it's kind of cool that he didn't do that, but... Because yeah. he had always done that before, it seems, as if he hadn't right. had right. anything right. long-term or, you know, where there was a sort of a commitment involved. Hmm. I didn't think I was going to like this movie, and I actually did. I did, too. You know, like, I was like, ah, the whole fashion thing, I'm like, yeah, I'm with it's you just there. not my bag. Well, no. It's, it's an interesting but, story. So yeah. I, I see what you're saying, but, like... One of the things you have is just watching him be that character. Yeah. I mean, he might be Wild Bill or he might be whoever, you know what I mean? He whoever be, he is, he is that he character. He throwing a fucking, some sort of weapon at the enemy and fucking last of the weekends. But yeah. 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 Dan Lewis and murders and everything he fucking does. He but. could play Charles Bronson with that mustache, though. Like, fucking look at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That yeah. would be real. Like, I love... I love, uh, obviously, uh, uh, Tom Hardy, you know, kills it, but Charles Bronson with that mustache, I'm just saying. But all fantastic films, fantastic director, I'm glad that, like, we hit on all these points tonight. Do we miss anything, man? Like, really, like, we can, like... I have an upcoming... His next Ooh. movie. Let's talk about his next movie. It will, it will obviously get delayed further yeah, than it says it will, but... Sure. Um, it's untitled. Only premise is set in the 1970s San Fernando Valley. Weird. The film follows a high school student who is also a successful child actor, but yet the only star in it right now is Bradley Cooper. But Bradley Cooper and him, I could see that being a good thing. I sure. can see that for sure. Cooper's pretty great. Awesome, yeah. He wants to be in a PTA movie, so that's cool. Cooper's a good drama actor for sure after... Civilian playbooks. Oh, yeah. I like that guy. Stars Born. I like that guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Stars Born. Burnt. Yeah, that's my movie. Burnt, man. Burnt is my movie. Yeah. And I'm watching that shit, and you either... Oh, Limitless. He's good in that, too. What? Limitless? Isn't that what that one's called, where he takes the pill and he... Yeah. yeah, He's good in that, too. When I'm watching Burnt, and you guys show up, you're like, you have bad day at work? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think it's really I think it's cool though. that he's it he's is. gonna work with someone different. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm stoked. I think it'll bring out. He works so many with so so many of the same. He's fantastic in what people. he's done so far. But like at for, so as far as like bring, putting him in a PTA movie. Yeah, I'm into it. I think. Yeah, fantastic. no, that's gonna be very. That's gonna be very. Because cool. he's 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 like I worked with fucking Danny Lewis and like Joaquin and fucking. Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, he needs, you know, it's time for someone else. Philip Baker Hall. We probably didn't talk enough about Philip no, Baker Hall because he was amazing and, like, he was in. Was he in Punch Drunk Love, too? I don't know. I don't. I think he was in the first four. I want to say. Do you yeah. know? There is a story, there's an anecdote about why the frogs dropping from the clouds on the cars, why that was kept in the movie. Because PT, PTA was like, oh, I just, maybe we're, we shouldn't do this. But Philip Baker Hall had actually been in Switzerland driving in the winter, and something like that happened. It wasn't to the extent 
but actually frogs did like were had picked been picked up somewhere and fell on the road and he slipped on the ice and almost went over a mountain and died oh Phil, Phil bigger hall yeah. Yeah. Said, you should keep this scene in the movie because he actually lived through it happening to him oh, wow. in, in uh, switzerland or somewhere up in the alps that's crazy wow wow so pta huh? said okay we're we're keeping that in the movie because it actually could or does happen rarely but apparently it really does happen that's freaking crazy I remember really liking Philip Baker Hall even I think the first thing I remember seeing him in was Seinfeld yes right because whether you know whether it was you or mom like even yeah separated it was like you guys always watched it yep and I didn't understand some of it but I'm like he was in it he was in the librarian episode and I'm like this guy is fucking awesome (laughs) like He's so fucking bent on getting his past due fee for someone having a book for fucking 20 years that he's showing up at their house like... I know, he's hounding them. He's like... (laughs) And he's serious, and you believe him. Yeah. So... So tonight, we had a royalty. We had TF's dad. Thanks, Mr. Huff. I know that you like you get weird about. Yeah, I mean, I say not I, weird about every it. Time, but every just... time I see you, shake your hand, hug you, because I think you're you're a brilliant human being. Uh, <laughs> one of my best friends in the whole world, like you. You made that happen, and uh, cool. I appreciate you for that. Thanks for letting me be on this show tonight, man. Oh, that, I'm that, a big that, fan. That's cool. not that's not even a thing because we yeah. uh, you're always welcome. Yeah. We, we just try to make it. An episode that like yeah people, that makes sense. Well, PTAs yeah, P- yeah that so this one makes sense for Ty, me. Tyler's like we're gonna do this. I'm like okay cool. Yeah, and so we we had it. Thanks, and man. Like, Tonight flowed. Was it good? Yeah, um, definitely. But we do like I didn't what? embarrass you, did I, son? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Even if, if I you did, did you I, w- say? I wouldn't care. You wouldn't care. Would you? I don't care. <laughs> we're pals. <laughs> Tyler doesn't get embarrassed. Most, no, most people know, know everything about me. It's all right. Yeah, like, and me too. Care. So, you know, we're just, you know, we're just on the same plane. Right yeah. Now. It's pretty cool. I'm glad to be part of this, though. I'm glad I w- had some influence on your life in terms of getting you into movies. Oh, like. I think, I think we, I think, I think you were 100% you know, the reason I was. So that makes me feel good. Movies, you yeah, know? Look what you're doing here, man. That's kind of cool. Be and part I th- of it. And I think because of PTA got like a murder episode, like, good for him. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we we deter a little bit, but like we really just crushed like his filmography. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Good, I mean, yeah. T Brown Brown shows up for a little bit, even like this is kind of like. Yeah, yeah, we did the. Uh, yeah, he stepped in. He it's know good, he knew all ep- about the master. Glad to be here. It's a good episode. Honored. You know, that was so. pretty cool. Yeah. I enjoyed that master Honored. discussion. No, I'm I'm here for you, man. That was pretty cool. Good dude, Mister. Yeah. So CBS, you are at what? We're talking about Instagram? Yep. Uh, top five comics, CBS, drawings and stuff. Um, Comic-Cons. Tyler, you were at what? Huff Tizzle. H-U-F-F-T-Y-Z-Z-L-E. Mr. Huff, do you have an Instagram or Facebook you want to talk about? He has an Insta and a Facebook, but what's your Instagram? I don't have an Instagram. Yeah, you do. I, I tag did. you in it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Thank Maybe that's why much. you never comment on my shit. Okay, so, just, uh, you know, just... Talk to Tyler and he'll, I think he'll his, relay the message I to me. I think his handle is Huff Rob 
So my question, my, my question is this. Is there, I don't hear a question. Your, your facial hair is so perfectly trimmed. Did you not? I mean, if you've done a, a brilliant job raising your son, but you didn't teach him to trim his fucking facial hair. <laughs> uh, you know, some things are not transferable. He ah. can grow a better mustache than me? So no. I, yeah. You can grow a mustache. I've seen that motherfucking Some things thing. are not transferable. You know, he's got to learn this his own way. He does have to learn his own way. You know, he just I said him out of the nest a long time. Your mustache ago. is fantastic. I can see him grow one. He just do, he refuses to. <laughs> it doesn't look as good as that. Well, that's it, not true. It is a hundred percent true. It's whatever he wants, right? Wow. You know, I mean, is it? Man. Does it matter? The, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it matters. Do you ever been Tyler with a he's, mustache? Because I haven't. Because he's just. I've never really seen one. Tyler in a mustache. He's got that, that Amish beard going on. He just doesn't want that boy that ba- that boy band look with like like the the full beard with the mustache. I think he's just afraid to look so handsome that all the women will just like he'll have to beat That's beating him. That's not how it works. It is. A, <laughs> no, that not. is. I think even your girlfriend is so just like I don't want him to grow a mustache. Cause he looks too handsome that way. She literally said those words. No, oh. she didn't. Yes, she did. I no, was she fucking... So this bullshit. Is all... I was no, fucking she that. did not. Bullshit. <laughs> I will ask her yeah, she... tonight, and she'll be like, I never said that. Yeah, she's not going to admit it now. But she'll you... be like, I just don't like kissing you with a fucking mustache. You look too fucking handsome with a full fucking beard. It's not true. It is. It's not true. You're a handsome motherfucker, and the fact that you don't embrace it, that means that you're a good person. So there you go. What? I'm confused now. <laughs> Backwards logic. It's fine. It, it's you know, vanity is you know overrated. Exactly. Okay. Sure. There you go. I mostly don't like my mustache. No, you look you look very handsome with it. So anyway, I'm at Wendell twenty four W N D L E twenty four at all social medias. Um, Tyler and Connor have Scovillionaire, so check that out. Scovillionaire. How do you say that? Scovillionaires. Check out that. CVS me. It's spelled the same either direction. It's spelled the same. It's like Scoville, but Scovillionaire. Like they review hot sauces. It's awesome. A lot of people can't spell millionaire, but they'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean. Not that it matters. Um, CVS me also have action figure deconstruction. Um, This week we did the crazy little adorable. The little Yoda, right? Yeah. We did Baby Yoda slash the child. We did that figure. Really cool. Um, we also have everything that any of us do is on top5comicspodcast.com. Also true. Am I correct? Yep. Um, it's all in there. There's links to everything. Yep. Um, other than that, thanks for joining us. I don't know what we're doing next week. Next week will be episode 70, so we're going to have to figure something 80. out. 80. Oh, 80. 80. Add 10 to that. 80? Yeah. Season you are. Next week is episode 180. 180. <laughs> just 80. Sure. sure. Oh, 80. <laughs> <laughs> just 80. I think next week we're just going to cover Tom Cruise running. Man. <laughs> I mean... Just commentary like, on Tom Cruise running. I, I think we'll we're We'll call it... At least 20 Tom, minutes there. At least... We'll call it Cruise and Terry. <laughs> Michael Mann. Man. Cruise and Terry. Wow. What'd you say? T. Brown said... I think we should do Michael Michael Mann. Oh, Michael Mann. Have we already done Michael Mann? No, we no, have we not. because I want to be on that episode. Don't, don't <laughs> invite me for that one. <laughs> so, so, Mr. Huff, the next episode is, like, for sure, I, me personally, I'm going to be selfish. I want you on Hitchcock. Yes, thank you. Thank and you. Spielberg. 
Those are the two big ones. But both the both both those directors we're gonna have to do at yeah, least multi. at least two episodes per director. There's a lot of material there. Yeah, I got into film because uh, appreciating film because of Alfred Hitchcock. So I've been a fan since I've been younger. Than so you Hitchcock guys. is huge, but we, the Spielberg one but we're then, gonna then Spielberg we're gonna do. I think that we're planning on ninety nine, one hundred, and one hundred one. Do like a three episode. Mm. So like when we get there, because it's like it's gonna be a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of material. Well, and he, a lot there. Yeah. So it's got to, you got to take the time. What else you got to do? You know, you got to take the time to honor the masters, man. It's more than one episode, dude. Right? Sure. Yeah. Someone like Hitchcock. Oh, yeah. He turned me on to movies at a young age. You know, weirdly, like, um, I mean, Psycho scared the shit out of me, almost literally, in a movie theater. Like, I, I had to run to the bathroom. I, oh, man. I learned. <laughs> uh, you know, you guys don't remember those days, but I do. But, uh, I remember I remember that one scaring me, like the, the original. 1960. Not, not the, the Vince Vaughn one, but no, the original no, the, really yeah, scared Hitchcock me. Psycho. I was like in a movie theater going, I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, my, I was really like scared. So like, we talked about this on an episode with, um, it was Tom's first episode, Graham Brown's first episode. Like we talked yeah. about like film, like. The first thing that like really made you like respect film, and my dad took me to a drive to drive in to see Terminator Two, okay. but like my mom though, we were hanging out one night and The Birds was on TV. She's like, "Hey, this movie scared the crap out of me. We should watch it. It's a really really good movie." I was oh my like, God, "Okay." The birds. So my mom was like, "This movie's amazing." And she's like, "This is Alfred Hitchcock. He does so many brilliant films." Like, and she told me that. So like that kind. Like it's weird that like both my parents have these different yeah angles of things. Like my yeah. I, my, my dad's favorite movie is American Graffiti, which it's worthy. It's a good movie. And you know, that's so worthy. Like, so that's my dad. But my mom, her favorite movie is Still Magnolias, which it, it's is romantic. Oh, Still Magnolias. Yeah, which which is a brilliant film. Like Julia Very Roberts. Film. Like yeah. Um, but like the birds. Like my mom introduced me to that. So like yeah. it's, you know. She, she to this day she tells me like I watched I went to the movie theater to watch The Exorcist and if she's like it messed me up yeah. for the rest of my life she's like I I can never and so like my mom she came from that point of view because I don't I'm not I'm not a big horror film fan but like she was just like but it was she's like it was really really good but it, it, it I don't like it and it like it yeah. messed me up for a long long time but then she also made me watch the birds was like oh man this, that that thing fucked me up it's uh it's a very worthy movie I think, I think I was like 8 yeah I was like, oh. that see I was 8 when it was actually on the screen I'm I'm a little bit older than you fellers <laughs> so Hitchcock seemed to be a good one <laughs> but yeah Hitchcock's going to be good because I also can bring that generational thing in of how it impacted me Oh sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Can't wait. Thank you. I so conned much. my parents into letting me go to the movies <laughs> while they did other things. Sure, you know, shopping things. Yeah, you know, keep your kids. Busy. And I got to see that kind of stuff. They didn't really monitor what I was watching. Yeah, and so yeah. I went to. I mean, there was no rating system then, so nobody's going to tell do, me. You could see whatever. Nobody's going to tell me I shouldn't be in there, and right. I was in there. Okay, for the for those movies. Uh, I was scared shitless sometimes, but well, thank you so much for being here today. Was something anyway? That's that turned me on the film. I'm like, wow, far out. <laughs> anyway, thanks for having me here, guys. Well, hell yeah. Well, huh? honestly, the reasons podcast exists is because yeah, 
Tyler's your son, so yeah, you guys, like, oh, you. y'all love it, man. Dig film and stuff, yeah. It's a good film. So you thank, love it. Thank man. you so much for being here today. We appreciate. It's nice you. to have an experience with you guys. Thanks for letting me in. Nice Thanks for letting me in the band for one night. You're I always, sat in with the band. You're man. always welcome. <laughs> I sat in with the band. And, man. You, and you have a lifetime pass to the uh, to the Red Oasis. So yeah, buddy. All right. Oh, password. Thanks. Swordfish. Josh, you need the password for this week. Huh. Oh yeah. See my password. You, pa- no. you didn't do it. I password this week. You have to listen to the very, 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 very end of the episode. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm. Oh, you're good. Dirk Diggler. <laughs> that's Man. Worthy. So that's, Man. that's the password this week. So that's a good password. There you go. So thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mr. Jeff, for being here tonight. Thank you. Um, other than that, any take us out, buddy? Yeah. Thanks for listening. And my dad's awesome. If you didn't know, come on, yeah. Hootie hoo.